get ready. Hello there, everybody, and welcome to the Play to Win podcast. This is episode nine of the Play to Win podcast, and I am your host, Tyler, and I'm joined by my awesome, amazing co-host, Kieran. Kieran, buddy, how has it been for you? What's been going on? Uh, it's going pretty good. I had a fairly busy week, both in terms of actually going out and doing stuff and video games, which we'll get to later, but doing pretty good. How are you? I'm doing pretty good myself. Uh, you know, weather is super nice out right now. I think we are going to be from here on in consistently 70s mm. um, during the day, which is nice. Sun out, uh, where it's that nice springtime weather. It's good. Uh, but it's been a busy week at work. It's been leaving me super exhausted <laughs> at the end of the day. Uh, and like last night, I went to work. Then afterward, I hung out with a friend of mine, got back home and like laid on my bed. And I was going to play something, but then I wasn't sure. After an hour, I just ended up knocking out for like two hours, <laughs> woke up in the middle of the night. I was like, get in the bed. But even aside from that, it's a busy week putting uh, putting together the return overview, uh, which that took up basically like half my week doing. <laughs> but uh, no, that was a lot of fun putting together. So it's it's been a busy week. I haven't had too much time to play anything, mm. but I've played a little bit of stuff. Um, I'm very excited so yeah, that is that. to hear about one thing you've been playing. Yeah, I know you are, which is why I was like, you know what? I want to at least start this for a little bit, even if only for a little bit. And I think that little bit that I played, I I can say I can say some good stuff about it. Um, but yes, this is the Play to Win podcast where we break down the week's biggest gaming news through some in-depth discussions. Uh, remember, you could follow us over on Twitter and Instagram for updates on the show and all other types of jazz. Twitter and Instagram is at play to win game so follow us over there you could also submit questions to us over there for the question of the episode segment that we do at the end of each episode and also remember subscribe to us over here on youtube subscribe leave a like comment on the videos share the videos with everybody um you know it all really helps us out a whole lot subscribe to us on podcast services around the world uh leave us reviews rates shares all that stuff, it really helps out. Uh, check out, as I already mentioned, check out the Returnal review that went live this past Wednesday. Uh, our first review yep. that we've done here on the channel. Uh, of course, I, I reviewed the game <laughs> and all like that. And I didn't talk too much about it last week because I didn't want to end up repeating a lot of what I said, um, well, what I was going to say in the review. But now that I've done the review, when we get to pl uh, what we've been playing, I'll talk about it a bit more freely slash in depth since the review is out there now uh, and all that jazz. Uh, and also another video went up this week, two videos, not yep. just one extra video, two videos went this week. Uh, this past Friday, Karen put out a video about how to preload games on your Xbox. So if you were one of those people who saw everybody on the internet preloading Mass Effect and you were just like, what the heck? How? How could I, I want to play Mass Effect Legendary Edition. I want to preload it. I don't want to have to, you know, worry about doing that the day of. And you didn't know how, go watch Karen's video over here on YouTube. And that way you'll be ready for the next big game. That way you can preload it and not have to, you know, deal with the weight and all that jazz. Yeah, no, I mean, it. it's my favorite, like, underrated feature of the Xbox mobile app. Um, fun fact, you can preload any game. Don't have to own it. 
Yeah, which is awesome. Like, yep. if I'm right, it's like you can pre-order the game and then like, oh, yeah. Like, so say, for example, if, you know, they say Starfield or whatever. Starfield is coming out this year. Pre-order is available now. You, if I'm correct, you should be able to, like, preload it once they have, like, you know, the file size of stuff out there. Preload it on your, um, on your Xbox and the game hasn't even... I think you can even do it without buying a game, right? Yeah, well, that, yeah, that, that's that's the example I used in my video. I don't own Mafia 2 Definitive Edition, but when I was making the video, it was the first game that came into my head for some reason that I didn't own. So I, I used that, and you can just go into the Xbox mobile app and download it from there on your console. Yeah, so definitely go give this video a watch. If you didn't know about this or if you knew about it but you didn't know how to do it, go give it a watch. Yep. Uh it's very enlightening and, you know give you a little bit of a tip and trick for the future save you some time on your xbox gaming but with all that being said we're gonna start talking about this episode our news for this episode we got three main topics and a bunch of brief mentions to get through our three main topics this week are ubisoft's shifting focus from AAA games a bunch of new games being in development across number of different studios and developers and all like that and also Steam games possibly coming to consoles. But first, we have a couple brief mentions to get through. And we intend to get through these brief <laughs> mentions very quickly this yep. week. So, first up, uh, Sony announced this week two new DualSense colors. They are, one of them is black on black. The other one is red on black. And I like the look of both of them. I really want to get that red and black one. I mean, I obviously want to get both of them. I have no need to get both of them right now because I already have two perfectly fine controllers. Yeah. I don't need four controllers to have here. But if one of my controllers gets drift or something, <laughs> I will most definitely be getting maybe the red and black or the black on black. I'd have to see how the red on black looks in person. But two new DualSense colors. They look awesome. I like them a lot. Um, second brief mention we got here, Ratchet & Clank Rift Apart has gone gold. Earlier this week, we got uh, previews for the game across a number of different outlets and all. They got to see uh, behind-closed-door footage of the game. So if you want to go check that out, go look at it on YouTube. It actually looks really, really cool. But then shortly after, Insomniac did announce that the game has gone gold, which means, in case you don't know, that means the game is able to be put on, put on disc and shipped on out to manufacturers and all like that, so on and so forth. The game is done for all intents and purposes. Patches might still happen, but the game is complete ready to go out there for people to buy and sell and all that jazz so that's exciting ready remember um ratchet and clank rift apart comes out june 11th i'm super excited for that uh dark alliance now that's our third we've mentioned here what's the dark alliance is a subtitle what's the um, dungeons, and dragons, dungeons and dragons dark right alliance. yeah dungeons and dragons dark alliance has been announced to be coming to game pass on day one when it comes out june 22nd <laughs> kieran is excited about yep. that and it's not just Game Pass for console. Unlike what happened with Outriders, this is coming to Game Pass day one for console, PC, and cloud. So that is awesome. Everybody gets to enjoy some Dark Alliance when it comes on out on June 22nd. Karen, what's up? Uh, I'm very excited for this. Um, oh, God damn it. I just I Googled to see if it's about crossplay because I know one of my friends on PC who would love to play this. Um, uh. But... Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm very excited. I I really wanted to buy this game, but because I've just bought Mass Effect and Resident Evil, I can't really afford it. 
Um, <laughs> so really great it's coming to Game Pass day one because now we don't have to buy it yeah I, I mean the game That's just cool. also looks really really cool and I'm also like a big yeah. D&D nerd if you couldn't tell by like the where is it there there's a <laughs> big D&D book ah uh, I see I never knew I never knew what that was but now I know uh, yeah I I actually ha- don't know too much about the game I remember the reveal trailer for it which was Honestly, I think really bizarre because oh, yeah. it was like the whole POV, like GoPro type mm-hmm. camera, like strapped to the characters. It was just, it was all weird and everything like that. I think that trailer kind of like took my interest in the game. It was like down to just, it wasn't anywhere at first. And then it got announced like, oh, what's this? Oh dear God, no, I, I don't like this trailer. So I haven't really followed it, but this is awesome for those who are interested in it and just for Xbox in general. So yep. look forward to that. Uh, we got some PSVR 2 leaks come out this week. The uh, source of them was from Upload VR. Uh, I'm not going to read all the details, but some of these leaks include uh, that the new unit is going to ha- be have a sub- resolution of 4,000 by 2,400 pixels. It will feature lens separation adjustment dial. Uh, I guess that way, kind of like the Oculus Quest 2, uh, you can separate the lens, but you have to like physically move it. It's not like a dial on that the uh, device has. So... I imagine the dial will do that so it could be more nuanced and specific with how the uh, lens is separated. Yeah, I mean, it, nice. it, it, it just sounds like a more updated version on the original Oculus Rift consumer version. There was like a little like slider and you move back and forth. Mm, I see, I see. Interesting. And the they also say that the, le- uh, that the PSVR 2 will be having haptic feedback, which I mean, we know, yep. but... Uh, they kind of go into a bit more detail with their in their article. So go check out Upload VR for all the details on these new PSVR 2 leaks. I'm very excited to see what this new unit looks like and, you know, see what games are coming out for it when we eventually see it. Uh, let's see. So on May 20th, we will be getting two hours of Overwatch 2 gameplay, which includes some P- PvP footage. Uh, I will not be able to watch this when it goes live. Because I believe it is starting at 3 p.m. Eastern time, 1 p.m. Pacific time. I believe that's what the times are. And I should have written them down, but I didn't because I'm silly. So I'm going to pull up the article right now. Yes, it is starting. The live stream starts May 20th, 12 p.m. Pacific time, 3 p.m. Eastern time, 8 p.m. UK time. Um, So, yeah, I'm not going to be able to watch it because I'll be at work. But... I would definitely be looking forward to seeing what they show off from this game. Me too. Very excited. Yes, he's wearing an Overwatch shirt today too. I'm wearing an Overwatch shirt. <laughs> Perhaps I'll wear another Overwatch shirt the day of this event. Maybe, yeah. Who Just knows? <laughs> uh, all right. Just a few more brief mentions here. Next up, Battlefield 6 is official. Well, not the official name of it, but the new Battlefield game is officially coming this holiday season. EA announced this in an earnings call. They announced that the game will be coming to last-gen consoles and new-generation consoles, and that the game will be revealed next month, sometime in June. We don't know when. I would not be surprised if it ends up at one of the platform holders' shows that they do around E3, so whether it be Microsoft Stage for their E3 showcase, or Sony, whenever they do something sometime, I guess maybe in June, who knows? Or if EA just decides to just randomly drop the announcement on some June day. Who knows? But that reveal is coming next month. Very much looking forward to that. What we do know is that it, while it will not be revealed 
at um you know while it will be revealed next month we could probably expect to see a nice big chunky look at it in july when ea has their ea play live event on july 22nd yes ea has announced that their event is not going to be in june when everyone else's is we're kind of we're putting the space out now i'm a bit disappointed by this because i was hoping that everything would be in like you know the same month or you know at least in a contained area but ea is going into july so we'll get the june the battlefield um, reveal in june we can almost guarantee to get a nice big blowout in july alongside a bunch of other ea games so look forward to that let's see uh two more here quakecon 2021 has been announced to be a digital only event it'll be taking place august 19th to august 21st full details will be coming at a later date we don't have anything more than that but i mean you know it makes sense uh yes the pandemic is getting better at least here in the u.s you know vaccines are getting out there and all like that things are getting better but it's still better to be safe than sorry this year and just you know let's still do digital only next year will probably be when we get full physical events back for a number of these big conditions yeah. and last but not least e3 2021 the online portal and app has been detailed by the esa it is going live june 12th for the public and the portal slash app is going to feature uh forums lounges Exhibitor booths for special events, uh, VOD content and articles, and it's gonna the exhibitor booths will act as hubs inside this portal. There will be leaderboards and profile creation. You can read more in depth about what all this entails over on you know the ESA's website. They uh they have a little news tab on there where you could go, and then they have the whole piece about it. But yes, those are our brief mentions this week. We got brought through those brief mentions pretty quickly this yeah, week. Yeah, I mean, compared to usual, yeah. yeah they were actually pretty <laughs> brief. Which is very good. That was the intention. Yep. So with all that being said, we are now going to get into our main news stories for the week. Starting off with some Ubisoft news. Ubisoft, uh, I believe they had an earnings call this week. And on their earnings call, they were talking about a number, number of different things, you know, kind of saying these games are kind of being having this release window so kind of reveals like some delays and all like that um but they also talked about uh their business plans for the future and one thing that stuck out for a lot of people was this quote that they said about uh triple a games and how they intend to be kind of focused less on triple a k not games triple (laughs) a games see i'm messing up my words here uh so i'm gonna read this quote here from their earnings call and this article, this quote that I'm getting this article from, it's an IGN article written by Rebecca Valentine. Uh, she was listening in on the earnings call. And this quote here is said by Frederick Duguay, I believe is how his name is pronounced, Ubisoft's CFO. So the quote goes, in line with the evolution of our high quality lineup that is increasingly diverse, we are moving on from our prior commitment regarding releasing three to four premium AAAs per year, he said. It is no longer a proper indication of our value creation dynamics. For example, our expectation for Just Dance and Riders Republic are consistent with some of the industry's AAAs performance. Additionally, we are building our high-end free-to-play games to be trending toward AAA ambitions over the long term. This is purely a financial communication evolution and does not change the fact 
we continue to expect a high cadence of content delivery, including powerful premium and free-to-play new releases, as well as continued expansion of our post-launch plans with an increased focus on delivering our biggest franchises, end quote. So, Kieran, um, I want to know what what do you take? What do, what is your like first take on all this? Um, well, the the reason I saw this initially was because everyone was overreacting, being like, "What Ubisoft's only making free to play games now? This is awful." And I'm like, and then I and then I like read up on it a little bit. I'm like, no, that's not what they're doing at all. They were just putting more of a focus on free to play games and making their free to play games more in line with something like a triple A game in terms of quality. Like they're I mean it this hang on, let me uh give me a second, I'm trying to find um the quote that you just read. Yeah, I mean, um, from the quotes, I expect a high cadence of content delivery, including powerful premium and free-to-play new releases. So they're not going to stop making Assassin's Creed or Far Cry or like any of their big titles. Like, of course they're not. So they're right. money makers. But, like, I think this just means that they are... Because free-to-play games are, like, where money is at in the video game industry. Like, that is... Like, if you look at mobile, like all the free-to-play games, how much money they make on microtransactions, it's insane. Because like half of the world's population are mobile gamers. So, it makes sense that they would want to tap more into that market. I mean, they've released a bunch of um, a bunch of mobile games, I think over the past like two or three years. Um, uh-huh. So, like, it would make sense that they want to put as many mobile games or free-to-play games out there that they can then highly monetize for microtransactions, but yeah, I mean, I'm I'm very curious to see what this means for like the future of Ubisoft, because I mean, like I say, they're not going to be they're not going to stop releasing like the big blockbuster AAA games. That's just going to be less of their focus. And for a company that that's basically been their focus forever, then I'm very curious to see what that turns into. Yeah, see, I when I first saw the headline as well, I was like, "Wait, what?" I was I was a bit uh, cautious. Yeah, I guess you could say because I was like, "Wait, what does this mean?" And then after reading the quote and all, it's like, okay, this isn't them saying, like, yes, he's saying we're moving from you know releasing three to four AAA premium games per year, um, but they, it kind of becomes a question of like. What are their AAA? What do they? What do they mean by AAA? And what do we mean by AAA? Yeah. Because they haven't. If you consider like Assassin's Creed, or uh, Far Cry, Watch Dogs, uh, if you consider like those games to be their AAA games, or you know like Rainbow Six or those games to be their AAA games, they haven't put out three to four of those per year. You get maybe one or two of those in a year, and then like you'll get like other smaller games that also yeah. come out in the same year as well. Um, but if they consider, like, you know, a game like what? Like they say here, Riders Republic or Just Dance. They say here, for example, our expectation for Just Dance or Riders Republic are consistent with some of the industry's AAA's performance. So it kind of begs the question, okay, so are you considering all of your games to be AAA in a sense? And then if that's the case, then every... If that's the case, then all the games that you release in a year... 
are generally considered AAA then. Um, right. I in in that IGN article that you've you've linked in the doc, I, I had a read of that before we started. Um, and and as far as I can glean from that, Rebecca Valentine in that says that they Ubisoft don't consider Just Dance, Riders Republic, AAA games, but they do consider like Immortals: Phoenix Rising. Which, if you take, I forgot about which, Immortals. if you take that into account, they did release three last year: Valhalla, Legion, and Immortals. Um. But I. But what I, about I, the year before that? Yeah, I, I was going to say I don't know if that if that's the case, you know, the the year before because I assume by year they mean financial year and not like January to December. So yeah, but I'm still trying to think like even 2019 into 2020 we had was that the year that the Far Cry expansion came out? Far, well, not expansion, but the standalone New Dawn was that when that one came out? I think, maybe. If not, then it came out like just before the 2019, the 2020 fiscal year started. Uh, but we had what? So let's see. 2019, I think you had a Ghost Recon game. May, I, maybe I think that was when Breakpoint came out. Sounds um, right, yeah. You had Assassin's Creed Odyssey DLC coming out that year. You... I don't think the Division 2 came out 2019, but there was March still... March 15th, 2019. It did. So that may or may not have been right before or right after their fiscal year ended yeah. for 2018 and all. I it, it, I also don't know if they're including Assassin's Creed 3 Remastered. Right. Yeah. So like I, like I kind of went through Rebecca's whole article here because she does a kind of a breakdown of what this means, of, of what Ubisoft's statement here means of them saying they're moving away from AAA and all like that. And as she says here at the start of the article, um, near the start of this all, she says, uh, I'm trying to find it here. Uh, here we go. She says, uh, this comment has many people upset, worried that Ubisoft is abandoning its tradition of massive console and PC releases like Assassin's Creed, Far Cry, and Watch Dogs in favor of the free-to-play mobile model that makes piles of money but leaves a sour taste in the mouths of the more mainstream gaming populace. But the actual meaning behind you get statements again i hope i'm pronouncing his name right uh yesterday is more complex mostly less scary and frankly a little boring it's less a sea change in ubisoft's portfolio strategy and more the continuation of what ubisoft's already been doing for years a strategy that most major gaming companies are embracing too whether we like it or not uh and that's that's the thing at the end of the day we've been seeing them put out less you know of these triple a premium games yep. each year and instead you know we got hyperscape came out uh they've that i think that's what that is free to play free to play yep. battle royale game which granted wasn't the biggest hit when it came yeah, out last year it, it, came out, like, like, it was like okay this is this is cool and kind of has just kind of gone down since then um but i mean I, you know it's still it's still alive yep. it's, you know the game is still living maybe not thriving um but they had that come out and then what we've been seeing them do some more so in recent years is continue to support their back catalog of games. By that, we mean games that have been out for a bit and they're just pumping new content into it. So a game like Rainbow Six Siege, they're you know giving it new operators every so yep. often, adding new um, maps, so on and so forth to it. The Division 2, still getting support all after all this time. And it was, was it earlier this year or end of last year? Time is weird. 
um, when they announced like, hey, actually, you know what? We're going to be, the developers were like, hey, we didn't realize this was going to happen, but we're going to be supporting this game a bit longer than we thought we were going yeah. to. I think that was uh, really so look forward to that. Yeah, they're like, yeah, so look forward to that. Like, the 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 bigger new content will come later down the line, but like we'll we'll give you guys some smaller new stuff in the road there. So there's that as well. And it's even made its way into Assassin's Creed. Uh with I, I think Origins did it, but Odyssey, you know, had like the major expansions that they got. In addition to, you know, when you play Odyssey, there's always all these like timed quests going on and everything and at the same yeah. time. And Valhalla has its own expansions going on. And Odyssey came out 2018. All of 2019 was just the expansion content for it. 2020, we got Valhalla. This year, we could just expect a bunch of expansion content for Valhalla. And aside from just the expansion content, they've even done like special seasonal events for Valhalla yep. as well. Like this is the this is the move that Ubisoft has been doing for some time. And this is more so what they're going to be continuing to do. They're gonna, yes, they're gonna, you know do more free-to-play or mobile stuff because i mean that's obviously where a lot of the um, money comes from in the gaming industry these days like free-to-play is like the way to go if you can have a killer free-to-play game that's monetized properly that that's a great source of revenue i mean you know everyone says this but look at fortnite granted it's made by epic games but fortnite is the reason we can have stuff like the epic game store being a loss yeah. leader for years on end and just putting out a bunch of free games and all like that you know it's just it's a money it's a money generator so i don't think this is the end of the world i think it's just more so again ubisoft confirming and or reaffirming hey this is what we've been doing and we see we see a future in this that is good for us a profitable future for us by continuing to I guess I don't want to say I don't want to say like free to play eyes our premium games, but like help our free, our premium games they come out, but then we like we just help them we support them for longer through yep. you know uh, a gradual or steady pace of new content being added to it, whether it be giant expansions or just. Um, seasonal events or things like that happening in the game we support it with content over time and all like that and then our free-to-play games or well yeah our free-to-play games let's try and make them into uh bigger things as well let's try and make them more appealing and as i say we, they yeah. are building their free to the high-end free-to-play games to be trading towards triple a ambitions over the long term so i imagine that means a game like hyperscape you know like yes it's a free-to-play game yes it's a battle royale but there's clearly, at least I don't have played it, but I mean, it looks like there's clearly budget behind it. And they want that to be like a big AAA thing mm -hmm. on, the on the level of like Apex and Fortnite. So I imagine, you know, they'll be trying to build that up, make it even, make it a bigger thing and a better thing. Um, so that by the end of this year or next year or whenever, Hyperscape is in that conversation when you think of, um, battle royale games like right now you think of automatically warzone fortnite apex and those are really the main three PUBG, maybe i don't know how what? popular PUBG still is yeah i was going to say PUBG. PUBG is the first one that comes into my head when anyone says battle royale just because that's the one i've played most of yeah i mean it was also like the originator yeah. 
a mobile no not well, originator is the wrong word but it is the one that made it very popular yeah it, it's it's like the first of like the um the battle royale era of video games if you will yeah like again it's the one that made it popular because yeah. i think from right battle royale PUBG kind of stemmed from what it was an h1z1 mod or mode or yep. something like that yeah but like PUBG is just the one that like took the concept ran away with it and then fortnite was the one that said hey we like your idea we're going to take that idea and we're just going to speed off with it like yep. uh the roadrunner <laughs> and all and from then it's just we've just gone from there but yeah i imagine that's kind of what they want to do um but this makes me wonder do you think that we will see do you think we'll see free to play well actually we kind of already have an answer to this i was going to ask do you think we'll see more free to play games from some of their um already established franchises but we they already announced that this past uh what was it two weeks ago uh with uh the division heartlands yep. yeah i mean so I, like we're already seeing the start of it yeah i'm I would fully expect them to go all in on free play if this is their if this is their new plan, especially if they if they're planning to make their triple their free to play games more in line with something like a triple A game, then I think that's gonna draw a lot of eyes because when I think free to play, I don't necessarily automatically think it's a bad game, but it's not, you know, on like the quality level of something like, I don't know, The Last of Us Part Two or like cyberpunk or the witcher or something like that it, it's like you know graphics might not be the best might not have the like they wouldn't have sunk a huge amount of money into developing it because it's not going to get them a large return very quickly right mm -hmm. so when i think free to play I, I don't like i said i don't necessarily automatically think it's a bad game i just don't really expect much from it if that makes sense which is probably unfair of me but hey ho um <laughs> So if, if they are... Your expectations are lower because you're not putting in money up Yeah, front. exactly. It's like... Like, if you compare the quality of a free-to-play game versus a $70 game, like, the, there's going to be no comparison. Like, the $70 game is going to be, like, you know, super big budget. Like, lots of time spent on making the game look and play and perform very, very well versus a free-to-play game that might not, you know, have the manpower or the money or the time behind it. So I let's let's put a caveat behind that though. Let's put a caveat behind that. Because a lot of the big free to play games that are out there have the money and the budget behind them. Yeah. There's again, like we keep saying, there's Fortnite, Warzone, Apex. There's also Brawlhalla. There's also Warframe, which started small but got much bigger yeah. over time. There is now Destiny. Mm -hmm. Destiny 2 is now free to play as well. So there's that, you know, the a game being free to play doesn't necessarily mean that it's low budget. I mean, Rocket no, League no, is no, now free not. to play too. Was it? Um, wasn't before. Um, and also, you know, there's a. I think it's. I don't know if I'd say it's fair to necessarily compare free to play games to the biggest in the big, yeah. the biggest of the blockbusters for AAA's like Last of Us or uh, Witcher Three. Maybe cyberpunk. Uh, so, maybe we could have cyberpunk yeah. in that conversation. When you when you said that in the back of my mind, I was like, hmm, that's a kind of an interesting one to throw in there <laughs> next to The Last of Us and Witcher Three. Um, I, know, I was just thinking of like big budget AAA games. No, I get what. 
No, I got what you meant, though. I was just like, huh, quality-wise, I don't know if I'd say it's on the same level. Well, no, Cyberpunk is, uh, like, the best game that's ever been released. Oh, uh, yeah, you know, the best of the buggiest, maybe. <laughs> um, but no, uh, no, yeah, I I get what you're saying, though. Overall, I get what you're saying. Yeah, that- like, um, um, I'm not directly comparing every free-to-play game that's, like, yeah, yeah, I think this is clearly on the same level as The Last of Us Part 2. Like, of course it is. But, like, more <laughs> like using those as an example of, like, I wouldn't expect a free-to-play game to be of that quality. Like, yeah. So, it's going to be really interesting to see what Ubisoft do. Like I say, if if they can get free-to-play games to the same level as something like Assassin's Creed Valhalla or Watch Dogs Legion or Far... Or I don't know, Far Cry 6 or whatever, that's going to be very interesting to watch because that's going to draw a lot of eyes onto Ubisoft because if, if they can do that, I would argue they would have some of the best free-to-play games in the industry. Now, I will still ask the original question I was going to ask of, do you think we'll see them do this with some of the other fra- um, premium franchises? We already see it with Division, you know. Do you think that we could, what other franchises do you think we'll see this with? Because I can imagine them at some point in time. Maybe they announce it this year. I can see them doing an Assassin's Creed free-to-play game. Mm-hmm. And here's the thing. I imagine if they do the Assassin's Creed free-to-play, it'll be multiplayer again. Yep. Um, and it might. I imagine if they do it, it'll probably be a combination of the, um, the co-op multiplayer that was in Assassin's Creed Unity. Mm-hmm. And maybe even the competitive multiplayer that they had from way back in the day. Yeah. With like Assassin's Creed Brotherhood and Revelations for a bit. If they brought that, if they managed to bring those two back and in a modern way that is unique and a lot of fun, I think they would have something really special and have like a great hit on their hands. Because a lot of people like the multiplayer in Assassin's Creed. They thought it was like, it was different from all the other multiplayer games that, well, all the other single player games that had like a multiplayer mode kind of tacked onto yeah. them. It was different and stuck out in a way where it was like, this is, this is unique to, this is unique from everything else, but also like it is still Assassin's Creed at its heart. You're still stoked, skulking around trying to like find another player and take them out in the crowd and all like that without revealing yourself to whoever's hunting you down yeah. at the same time. It was like, I played it a bit. I thought it was fun. I didn't love it or like, get grow attached to it like so many people did but i thought it was cool for what it was um and then they just dropped it so i think if they did bring it back in a smart way in a free-to-play space as well that could be cool yeah 100 um i i can't actually remember playing the assassin's creed multiplayer um i'm like i'm sure i did at one point but um no that that sounds exactly like what i would expect ubisoft to do with a free-to-play game that's set with assassin's creed am i the only one who thinks that assassin's creed battle royale wouldn't be terrible you know it's funny because i was just thinking to myself like huh could they do an assassin's creed battle royale i don't here's the thing if they did an assassin's creed battle royale though like i there's no way they could do it in a way that's actually like a assassination style like that's stealthy it would have to be more so like the more modern day assassin's creeds where it's like all right 
are more so action RPG-esque. And it would be really weird. It would have it would just be really weird. I don't know if they could do it. I, I was gonna argue that the stealthy, like older style Assassin's Creed is exactly how I would see them doing it. Because because if you think about it, right? Every battle royale that's on the market just now is like machine guns, shields, grenades, abilities. If you go back to just having like smoke bombs and a hidden blade, like that could be real interesting. That would, I mean, one, it would definitely stand out in the in the whole like battle royale market. But two, it would be really interesting because you would be like, you would have to be very very tactical about how you play that. Yeah. Um, but I'm trying to imagine like how many players do you have that at and it's still fun for the entire match. Yeah. How like the drop-in system, how how the heck would that work? And just that, you know, just on a on a base level. All right, we're gonna drop out the sky in an Assassin's Creed um battle royale. Where are we dropping from? How we how are we dropping in here? We're dropping in from the birds. <laughs> the birds are gonna carry us over the map. We just drop. Do we don't care if the birds live? <laughs> like no, the physics no, of it they, don't they had the um the Leonardo da Vinci glider in one of them. You could use that. So then we're gonna get real asynchronous with the uh, with the animus now. Just have Leonardo da Vinci's glider back in like the Norse mythology times and all like that. No, maybe I don't know. I'm I'm joking. Yeah. I'm joking. No, no. Like the, the in, in my head, this this battle royale is is in like you know, Assassin's Creed 2 setting, not modern day, um, like, um, Valhalla or Odyssey kind of style of game. Mm -hmm. Or maybe what they could do is they could do it kind of like, um, kind of like how modern warfare, like Warzone and Blackout did it, where the map was made up of multiple different maps from previous, um, games in the franchise so what they could do maybe is they could have their assassin's creed battle royale map be have like different bot have different biomes but each biome is based around a different game so you could have your more you can i don't i mean i haven't played valhalla yet but you could have i guess like a a foresty type of area that's you know inspired by valhalla you could have an area that's inspired by odyssey you can have your desert area that is clearly origins inspired. Then you can have your smaller type of town area that's inspired by brotherhood. Um, it could even maybe it could even be the um, the home base that you have in um, brotherhood that you're like in in the modern yeah. day. Maybe it could be that. Then you can have um, Paris. You can have Paris like part of that area from um, no, I mean not Paris, London, London from Unity. That could be uh, like syndicate. its own little section. The, Paris I, was you know, I Yeah, I, I said what I said and I made my correction in my head <laughs> and I knew, I was like, this is the one I meant. Yeah, I was wrong. I was wrong. But yeah, you could have a Unity section, a London section. Then you can have an Assassin's Creed 3 section. Like, nope. I, I think, yes, Assassin's Creed 3, I still like that game. I have not played it since 2012, but I still like that game. Um. <laughs> And even a black flag area, oh, something, yes, you know, like that could be a, like, that could be like a beach type area, like a whole beach area, like ship, ship, ships are wrecked and stuff like that. Like, I think 
a map could have a map for Assassin's Creed Battle Royale could have so much potential. It's just the actual moment-to-moment gameplay of it and the player count that makes me wonder how they would even do that if it was solely stealth. Yeah. Um. Th- two things going off of what you just said. One, if they did do that, then each area would have to be very condensed. You well, maybe not. Oh yeah. Cause, well, because I, I was away making the point that you wouldn't have any like vehicles or anything. You would just be running around. But you could have like a horse and cart or something. I don't know. Um. Maybe. Yeah. Secondly, in to solve your dropping in problem. I had a very interesting idea that you don't drop in, you climb up. You start running through the sewers of whatever part of the map you're on. And you have to run to... And, like, you you spawn in, like, a random point on the map, like, in, in the sewer. And you get to choose from... You have these, like, secure assassin, like, almost like, like outhouses, right? where you basically yeah. choose one to like climb up into and that and like th- like once everyone's climbed up into one that's when the countdown begins and that's when you have to like you know plan where you're going to go hmm huh. that'd be that'd be interesting um i just think that might remove some of the some of the i guess the player yeah. choice that you have at the beginning of a battle royale where you choose literally where you start yeah and if it's randomized each time where you don't have a choice where you start, where you don't get to choose where you start. You yeah, know or, I mean? or you don't I know mean, what you... you're about to come out to. Sorry, I'll let you finish. Well, saying like where you climb, you don't know what's gonna be up above you when you climb on out. Yeah, I mean you you could even have it that like so say say you do your your idea of like you have one area that's Unity, Syndicate, Odyssey, Valhalla. Um you could even like as the game's starting, you could choose your preferred, like, starting kind of area. And then each yeah. area has, say, say there are, say there's 40 people in a, in a match. And each, like, you yeah. have, like, four areas. Each area has room for 10 assassins. And then, like, like huh. you, similar to, like, how you would pick a hero in Overwatch. Like, you, if you want, like... A specific hero would take Orissa, for example. You have to be quick in picking Orissa in case someone else takes her. So yeah. you could have it so that you know each player starts at the exact same time. Once everyone's loaded in, then you pick your like starting area, and then you like spawn in the sewer of that area, and you have to run and try and find a one of these like outhouse ladder things. Yeah, I don't know. It's, it's interesting. Yeah. No, that's an interesting idea. I imagine we'll see some sort of Assassin's Creed multiplayer yeah. free-to-play thing in the future, whether it be a battle royale or not. But I'm liking the ideas that we're coming up with. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I I don't think that we have too much to worry about with this. Like no. we were saying before, we think it's just more so a continuation of what they've been doing the past, you know, couple years, and we're still going to be getting, you know, their AAA games yeah. from them. They're just going to be getting free-to-play. Um, free to play stuff from them as well and more so just continued support ongoing support for these games to have their them live on longer and have a way to monetize them um all that being said there was a little bit extra that came from this earnings call as well um one of those things being that skull and bones is delayed uh and it's coming out sometime between 2022 and 2023 um Karen, do you remember this game when it was announced? Uh, yeah, I, I made the joke before the show back in when this game was announced back in 1833. Um, 
again, like I said, it feels yeah. like it. Honestly, I forgot this game. I forget about this game until someone mentions it. I'm like, oh yeah, that was a thing that was announced. Mm-hmm. 2018. It's only been three years, but it feels like it's been longer. Yeah, I mean, I I I want the game because it's like the the sailing parts of Black Flag are still like some of some of the best parts of Assassin's Creed, and this mm-hmm. game looks very similar to that. At this point, it, it's it's getting to uh um maybe not to like the the troubled extent that something like Vampire the Masquerade Bloodlines 2 has where mm-hmm. like you know they've like changed studios and there's been a bunch of like toxic workplace reports blah 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 um but to the point where they've delayed this game so many times I'm like is it even coming out still <laughs> yeah like um I'm looking at the article I have here in the doc um by Matt Kim I've talked about the delay um and he actually has here uh the game was originally announced originally announced at E3 2017 was supposed to release 2018 was delayed to then 2019 2020 and then this year um and yeah you know the they have a new vision for the game now which i did remember hearing about um whenever that was announced so like it's a game that clearly they believe in since they're still like yes it's still in development but like when i remember when we first saw gameplay we first saw the trailer for it, like the reveal trailer. It was like, okay, maybe this is like going to be a just a straight up pirate game, and it'll be cool. But then we saw a gameplay for it, and it was like, it's a multiplayer game, except you're just in the boat, except you are just the boat actually, yep. and it's just ship to ship combat. And that kind of like tempered interest and excitement yeah. a whole lot because it was like, okay, well that's not all that exciting, you know? Like, why would I do a game of just that? Um, so I wonder what their new vision for this game is, but man, this this game is just I don't know what's going on with it. No, I mean I I would love like wait, it's just multiplayer. Well, that's what it was when it was for when we saw gameplay okay. for it. Yeah, yeah. So they was, it could have expanded to something else now since then. Yeah, yeah. Because so I'm, I'm sure I saw something at some point that it also had a like story mode, but um, yeah, we'll see this game. Maybe this gen? Maybe. Maybe. Who knows? Um, Another one. Oh, what were you going to say? Nothing. No, it's not important. Just move on. <laughs> well, I was going to say another one, actually, that's not in the article at all, but it's noteworthy that's not in the article, is um, Beyond Good and Evil 2. That game has been MIA yeah. since the second trailer. When was that? 2019? I think because we got it was two years back to back when we saw the game. It was, so I was either 2018 and 2019 or 2017 and 2018. I just cannot remember which of the years it was. Um, but we haven't seen the game since that second trailer. And they, you know, they keep on putting out from right the little dev diary update things on on YouTube and all. I haven't followed them, but like the game, they say it's still in development. Um, it's director Michel Ancel. He left the company. He retired last year. Um, so, but they say the game is no. The game's still happening. It's still in development, but it's not. Wasn't mentioned in their earnings call. Begs the question: Where is that game? When is that game going to come out? It's basically in the exact same situation it was in when it was very first announced, like over ten years ago. Yep. Um. 
we did get gameplay for it in 2019. They did do like a dev diary, um, yeah, thing, but we haven't seen it like at a, at a show since the yeah. since, since the second trailer. Right. So like, when is this gonna get? When is this game gonna make its appearance again? It's very possible we could see it this year in some capacity with whatever Ubisoft does with their you know showcases and stuff, but um. Their silence on it, you know, doesn't bode well. No. It doesn't, you know, it doesn't make me feel good about that game's hopes and prospects and all like that. Yeah, I mean, I I didn't play the original Beyond Good and Evil, um, but I'm I'm actually kind of excited for Beyond Good and Evil too. From what I've seen so far of it, it looks pretty good. Same here. Um, but yeah, no idea what's happening with the development of that haven't heard anything in a while so hopefully things are good <laughs> i i sincerely hope so i i want things to be good with that game i yep. want it to be great i want it you know to be something that makes the fans super happy when it eventually comes out yeah. let's move on from games that we kind of don't know what's going on to well going on with to some games that while we still don't know much about what's going on with them we at least have confirmation about you know games happening uh we got a bunch of new, a bunch of uh, devs from across, you know, the industry, kind of came out and said, "Hey, we're working on games, working on games, working on games," and each of these stories on their own is honestly like a little brief mention, but it was so many that happened this week. That I was like, you know what? We're just gonna bundle them all into one nice news topic here. So we'll start off over in the Xbox land. Uh, first up with In Exile reading from a VG247 article by Dom Pepiat saying, In Exile Entertainment, the development studio behind the Wasteland series and Torment Ties of Numenera has teased its next game as an FPS RPG. The studio dropped a hint about its next project in a reply to an Xbox tweet yesterday. The Xbox account asked, what kind of game should I play next? To which In Exile replied, pulled new plus FPS plus RPG. And certainly not the most robust tease in the world, but it gives us some insight into what the studio's first Unreal Engine 5 game will be. In Exile was acquired by Microsoft in 2018 alongside Obsidian, so it's safe to say the title will be an Xbox console exclusive when it appears. Karen, what is this? How do you feel about this? Does this do anything for you? I mean, gets me excited to see what Microsoft have up their sleeve in terms of games they haven't announced yet. Um... I've never played an an in exile game. Uh, I had honestly had never heard of them before Microsoft acquired them. Um, yeah, but excited to see what this could be. I've seen rumors online that it's Fallout Five, and I'm like, no, it's not Fallout Five. Well, I mean, it might be Fallout Five. I don't know. Yeah, but like, I don't think it would be Fallout Five. I think it would be a, a like if it was anything to do with Fallout, it would be something along the lines of like Fallout New Vegas because I. Yeah. I don't think Bethesda are going to want to give up a main entry Fallout game. Exactly. I saw I saw the exact same people saying the exact same things. I was like, no way. No way they're going to give a numbered title to a different studio. Yeah. That's just not going to happen. That'd be like Square Enix giving, you know, freaking, I don't know, Sega the chance that, you know what? You guys make Final Fantasy 17. Yeah. What? No, no, we're not going to. We will do that. We will make the mainline yeah. ones. It's just not gonna happen. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, 
I've never played an in exile game. Uh, if I'm right, like aren't the wasteland games like isometric type of RPGs in a sense? Kind of, yeah. I think, yeah. Um, I'd only heard of the games until uh, before Microsoft bought them. Then they bought them. I'm like, oh, okay. Now I know about you guys. Yeah. Um, but I mean, I am looking forward. You know, as always, whenever a new game is in development from any studio, I'm looking forward to seeing what it is, yep. even if the studio doesn't necessarily have my interest beforehand. Um, so yeah, curious to see what this is and when we'll see it. But they're not the only Xbox studio that has something going on. An Xbox executive has teased new games as well. Uh, this is coming from Games Radar, an article by Rachel Weber, uh, saying Xbox's head of gaming services, Ben Decker, has hyped a new unannounced game currently in the works at one of Microsoft's many studios in a new interview with Games Radar, saying, quote, 55% of those surveyed said the main reason they, that they joined is to get new games at release, that day one content. That's why we made the investments that we have, end quote, he told Games Radar. He, can, he continues on saying, quote, we have 23 studios across Xbox and Bethesda working on Halo, Forza, Fallout, and new IP that we haven't even talked about yet. That is going to blow your mind. We could deliver all of that into Game Pass on day one, end quote. So, I mean, obviously they have new IP in development that we didn't know yep. about. He's hyping it up by saying it's going to blow your mind. Now, one, I wonder how much, how many new IP do you think these are? And I wonder who do you think it is that's working on them? Now, I'm going to pause real quick. If you don't want to get too specific on this because of future yeah. show plans that we have, that's fine. But just base level. What do you what do you think of all this? Uh, I think the the will blow your mind is just PR speak. I don't think it's like yeah. every game developer says that at some point. We've got a game of development that's <laughs> gonna blow your mind, and then it, we look at it, and I'm like, it looks cool. And my brain's still perfectly contained within my skull. Like, yeah, mm-hmm. or like you know, it blows your mind like cyberpunk except for both good and bad reasons yeah. you're like oh man this world's awesome but it's breaking at the seams yeah, yes <laughs> cyberpunk oh my god you blew my mind until you released the game um <laughs> i'm sorry that was my second cyberpunk dunk of the episode like the, it was the setup was there because they kept saying it was gonna blow our minds and it did but like for good and bad reasons give me a second uh looking for a way to come back at me for the cyberpunk dunk <laughs> so no I'm, I'm i'm looking up a list of um like the first party people that microsoft have because 23 is a lot to keep track of um i mean <laughs> looking at this list they have a lot of to be announced games um yeah i mean 343 is working on halo obviously um the, I'll 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 jump down a little bit. Um, yeah, I was gonna say we could just jump on down to that yeah. one since you're going on this list. Yeah, um, uh, the coalition is now working on an Unreal Engine five game, um, and will be for future projects. Um, yeah, and possibly multiple Unreal Engine five games because yep. uh, they say here, uh, and or, well, for those who don't know. Earlier this week, Coalition on their Gears website, they put an update saying that they're moving to next-gen development uh, and they're going to be using Unreal Engine 5. 
So they're saying here, I'm reading from the blog post, uh, quote, as we look to future games, we're excited to start shifting our resources to next-gen development using Unreal Engine 5. Gears of War has always been at the front of Unreal Engine development as breakout, as a breakout 720p title, wow, for Xbox 360 through last year's one, uh, through last year's 120 FPS multiplayer update for Xbox Series X and S. And we're excited to continue that tradition by developing on Unreal Engine 5 for multiple new projects in the coming years. So they have a lot of new things in the works, a lot of new stuff. Yeah, um, I've, also, I've just noticed that this list is out of date because under machine games, it says to be in some like, no, Indiana Jones. Um, <laughs> but anyway, I mean, we know everything that Ninja Theory is working on, I'm pretty sure. Um, just two things, right? The Project no, Mara have, thing and... They have three that I can't remember the name of the third one, but it has been announced. Um, okay, so I missed it. Or I was misremembering. Honestly, I mean, the the ones that I'm I'm not... No offense to World's Edge whatsoever. I'm sure you're a great game developer. I'm sure a lot of people love Age of Empires. Not my kind of game. So don't really care about <laughs> World's Edge. Um, not really a big fan of Compulsion's previous games. Didn't really like We Happy Few. They made one other game. I can't remember what it was. Um, oh, yeah. So not really worried about them. I, I I don't think that Compulsion Games or World's Edge is going to be the game that blows my mind. So then who do you think it is that will blow your... That has the game that will quote-unquote blow your mind? Or who is who has the games? Because they say new IP. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we have new... we ha And there are new IP that we haven't talked about. So, I mean, not necessarily plural. I mean, not necessarily singular. Yeah. Could be plural here. So, um, like, off the top of my head... I would think, okay, that they're probably talking about some Bethesda Game Studios. I'm going to say Bethesda Game Studios specifically yeah. um, because of Starfield, although they've talked about Starfield before. But, you know, I'm going to throw that in the conversation. Yeah. Starfield, I'm going to possibly throw in, I'm going to throw in the Coalition because they got stuff going on over there. Um, and then Obsidian, maybe they have some stuff in pre-production over there. Um, and I will say the coal, did I say the coalition already? Okay. So that's, I'm just at three. Um, there's, there's one that I, I think you, rare. you should be including in that. Who is that? Uh, the initiative. Cause that, yeah, cause okay, I was, we, we know what I was going is. to, but I did it. They're, they're making perfect dark. There, I've I've seen a bunch of rumors. I don't think any recently, but I've seen a bunch of rumors that they have a second team working on a second game. Yeah, I I haven't heard those rumors. The reason I didn't put them in there is because we know about Perfect yeah. Dark. It is not a new IP. That's an old IP being revived. Yep. Um, I mean they they say that the initial is supposed to be like making quadruple A games. So, you know, hopefully that game blows our mind. Hopefully, um, probably not, but hopefully. But yeah, I I actually am very curious about what they have in store. Because I mean, we talked about this, not necessarily us, but the industry as a whole has talked about this for years since Microsoft started their buying spree. Uh, the, the buying studios, the, the games are going to be coming. Like the, the, this is their setup. And then year goes by. All right, you know, the, the setup, they just bought those studios last year. They're building up to something. 
another year goes by. They buy some more studios. I get this this the year. This the year is gonna happen. Next year we're gonna have the good stuff. The next the following year comes by. All right, yeah, you know, we're building up to something. We've, it's been a conversation. We've done this rodeo like five times, like five or six yep. times over the past couple of years. And it's to the point where they they bought Bethesda. And it's again saying, oh, yeah, here we go. We're, we're doing it now. We're doing it. And I mean, I, I've, no, I've made my thoughts on this well known already before. The Bethesda thing, I like, Bethesda is its own entity. Bethesda games are generally good, yeah. and buying Bethesda is buying quality. That's that's not the it's in my head. It's not the same, but they're they're there, so it's what it is. Um, but um, what was I gonna say? But yeah, like this this past year, we've seen the announcement of titles. So it's like okay, we're seeing we're getting games announced. Now we need to see gameplay of these games, and we need them to be good. That's what we need from them. And I'm hoping that these games from all these studios that they've been acquiring and all turn out to be good. Like, I hope they actually are. Yeah. I mean, they can't afford for them not to be good, put it that way. Like, yeah, they can't. It's, it, it's as simple as that. Um, yeah, I mean, I. So to go back to your earlier question of who I think has this these like IP that's gonna blow blow your mind, I think I'm gonna save that for uh fu- future show? future episode plans that we have. Hint hint. Um, yeah. <laughs> so I I will say that I I don't like Psychonauts as a. It's not that I don't like it. I've never played it. It just doesn't interest me. But I'm very interested to see what Double Fine's gonna work on after um, Psychonauts Two is done. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, Xbox need their games to be good. I'm sure we're gonna see a lot more of what they have to offer at E3. Maybe we'll even see one of the one of these games that is gonna eject my mind from my skull. <laughs> just press the you're like you see it and then you just press a button on your head. You're just like, all right, this is it. Boop. No, like what I'm picturing in my head is me like sitting at a table and Phil Spencer like Jack Black in the Pick of Destiny when he is um, doing Master Exploder, just screaming at this guy and his head explodes. Oh my gosh, I've never seen that movie. It's so good. But that sounds funny and crazy. <laughs> uh, Alright, next set of developers and all that we heard about having a bunch of games in the works is Sony, uh, which may not come as a surprise, but the number of games might come as a surprise. Reading this Verge article by Mitchell Clark uh, saying Sony is apparently looking to release more than 25 PlayStation 5 games under its PlayStation Studios brand. And, quote, nearly half of them have... Uh, oh, I'm sorry. And, quote, nearly half, end quote, of them will not be sequels or spinoffs, according to Wired's interview with PlayStation Studio lead and a former Guerrilla Games manager, di- managing director, Herman Hulst. This is very interesting. And... um exciting and you know as a playstation fan yeah um because we can already guess what some of these are we know that god of war ragnar well ragnarok i don't know if that's the official name but god of war the new god of war is in development we know that we can well not know but we can easily assume that a new spider-man is in the works oh 100 like that's kind of a foregone it's kind of a foregone conclusion at this point um apparently 
maybe Last of Us remake. I hope not, but you know, I, I would still play it, but I hope it doesn't happen because we don't need it. That's in the works. Uh, Horizon, I don't know if they're including that in this number, but sure, Horizon, actually, yes. Horizon Forbidden West, that's coming. R- Ratchet and Clank is coming. Gran Turismo 7 is coming. That's six games I've named right there that we know of in some capacity. Past that, there's also Haven Studios, the studio that has um, Jade Raymond in it. That's seven. They're mm-hmm. working on something with Sony on, with the PlayStation mm-hmm. Studios brand. And then there's Firehawk Studios, where they're working on a multiplayer game with them. That's eight. There's still 17 games out there where it's just like, okay, they're under the PlayStation Studios umbrella. Uh, well, brand. They may not be first-party studios, but they're under that umbrella of the, the brand, PlayStation Studios. When you start the game, PlayStation Studios logo appears on the um, first screen. Yeah. And I have, you like, we were just talking about Xbox and all their studios and like they have a bunch of games in the works. And you know, how Xbox needs to prove themselves with those games. I feel like Sony doesn't need to prove themselves by with nope, these games. Not. It's like, okay. You can, even if some of the games aren't grand hits, like um, Destruction All-Stars, PlayStation Studios brand, not, that's not a hit. It, it's a fine, it's an okay game. Yeah. It's an okay game at best. Um, but you can, you know, it would not be crazy to say, okay, these games are going to be bangers, or at least a majority of them will be bangers. And it's it's very easy to get very excited for these. So I'm really looking forward to what these are. Yeah, I mean, I mean, like you say, I we've we've talked about this in the podcast before. I I am very surprised when a PlayStation Studios game comes out and it doesn't get a nine or a ten. Like uh-huh. they they are just very, they absolutely do not need to prove themselves in terms of making games like Microsoft do. Um, but. Yeah, I'm 25 games. I don't think is that ambitious because they, I don't think they gave like a specific time period as to when they're going to release these 25 games. I would assume they mean in the PlayStation 5 life cycle. Um, yeah, that's what I would imagine too. I don't think it's like 25 games the next two, three years. No, no. I'm, I'm not saying that would be bad. I would, I, would be, I would happily take a good, <laughs> you know, good chunk of yeah. them. But I mean, that's just, that's impossible. Um. But no, yeah, that, I mean, that makes me think, you know, we can expect a steady, healthy cadence of PlayStation Studios branded games yep. over the next couple years. They say there's 25 in the works and we know about like eight of them. Well, we know officially about four. We know officially about six of them. The other two have not officially been confirmed. That was being Last of Us Remake and Spider-Man 2. But, Not officially, we can assume that these are really in production. Six of these we know of, four of them scheduled to come out within the next two years. Yeah, um, that, that's what I was going to ask. So it says here, um, and quote, nearly half, end quote, of them will, will not be sequels or spinoffs. Do we think that includes remakes or reboots? Because I, hmm. I don't think it includes reboots. I do kind of think it includes remakes. Like remake, remaster. Possibly. Possibly. So you know with that being the case, Last of Us might not might just be cut from that conversation entirely. Maybe. 
yeah actually I, you know it's funny we're reading and i kind of forgot about the sequel part so yeah that that kind of well no that's still they're saying like half these won't be so i mean we can still talk about yeah. like the them in the grand 25 scheme of things yeah. no yeah it's still it's still it's still very exciting and i'm sure like some of these will be with third-party developers and their partnerships um I'm just really excited about this. I'm I'm, I'm excited, yeah. and I want I wonder when we're gonna see some of these games actually you know start to make their debuts. I will I will say right now, Sony, if one of those is Sunset Overdrive two, please give me a PlayStation Five. Thank you. <laughs> you know, I was actually gonna drop that in here as um, a brief mention, um, but I did it. Just it was just that someone over in Insomniac was talking about Sunset Overdrive yeah, two and it. how they do own the IP, but. Uh, and they would like to go back to that world. It's just a matter of the ifs and the wins, like if they do it and when they do yeah. it, if they do it and all like that. Uh, so yeah. And also I think it was like recently there was a leak of a, I think a trademark or a rating for Sunset Overdrive rehype, some like a Sunset Overdrive remaster yeah. of the original game. That leaked, which then started the conversation of, oh wait, is this coming out this year? And if so, is a sequel on the way? Yeah, I mean that that would be perfect opportunity for Sony to test the waters on like, do people on PlayStation want a Sunset Overdrive too? Exactly. Um, I do have one very quick thing to to add. Going back to our conversation about um, Xbox, because one thing I just thought of, um, I would argue that one of these games that will blow my mind is Forza Horizon Five, because like if. If you look at how, not in terms of like, you know, like story or anything, but like graphically, if you look at Forza Horizon 4 on the Xbox One, it's still a gorgeous game. It's even better when you play it on uh -huh. a Series X and a 4K TV. It's mind-blowing how good that game looks. If Forza Horizon yeah. game specifically designed for the Series X would be incredible. That would be amazing. It's going to be gorgeous. So gorgeous. Of course, we gotta wait some time before that comes yeah. out. Who knows? Because I'm at, I don't know if that's in development right now. You got Turn Ten working on the new Forza Motorsport, and Playgrounds working on Fable. I imagine that Microsoft will be content to let Motorsport be the Forza game for a bit, unless Turn Ten, unless on Playground has like two teams and one of them is making a Horizon they do to kind of teams. like fill the void. Yeah. Okay, so then yeah, Horizon is probably in the works. Yeah. Actually, I think I've even heard rumors about it being in the works. So what am I? <laughs> We're going to keep it moving here. Uh, another developer that has talked about some games that they got in the works is Remedy. Remedy Entertainment, the developer of Control. Reading um, from IGN article by Jill Scrubbles saying, Control developer Remedy Entertainment has confirmed that it's started working on yet another new game, meaning the student has six publicly announced games yet to arrive. In Remedy's latest business review, CEO Taro Vertala explained that as of last quarter, quote, almost all of our internal control developers have now moved on to work on other Remedy projects, including a new exciting early phase project, end quote. Asked for comment on whether that game was separate to Remedy's previously announced projects, Vertala rep replied, quote, yes, we have a new project, but it is in very, very early stages. Nothing more to expand on that, end quote. Remedy didn't comment on if that new project had a publisher at this time. This means that publicly Remedy is now working on six as of yet unreleased games. It's creating single player modes for first person shooters Crossfire X 
and Crossfire HD, two projects for Epic Games set in the Control slash Alan Wake universe, one built as a AAA game and the other as a smaller project, unrevealed free-to-play co-op game Vanguard, and the new early-stage project. I am very curious about what this new um, unannounced one, this, this newly yeah. um, announced one is. Um, because I actually forgot that they were working on the Crossfire campaigns. Completely forgot about that. Um, so that's happening. I knew that they were doing stuff with Epic Games. I don't think I remembered that it was in the Alan Wake universe, let alone that there were two of them happening. Um, yeah, I got to play Control. That reminds me. Got to get through that game. It's um, so good. I, I'm i going to play that game sometime soon. I, I hope. Uh but yeah, Remedy, I feel like they are a very interesting and intriguing and exciting developer because while I have not played any of the games, I never played Max Payne, um, Alan Wake. I didn't play Quantum Break because they didn't have an Xbox. I haven't played Control yet. But their games are always intriguing from a story perspective, but also just like visually what they do is always yeah. like really intriguing too. Like again, Alan Wake it was, you know, the whole thing with the light and the shadows and everything like that. Quantum Break, you had the the time um, distortions and everything yeah. happening and going on and stuff. And Control, it, I mean, I, I never played it, but it's a freaking, it's a, it's a trip. It's a visual trip yeah. in so many ways. I am very curious to see what it is that they have coming down the pipeline. Yeah, I mean, um, I I definitely haven't forgotten about the Crossfire X campaign because it's probably one of my most anticipated things coming out this year. Um, from from what I've seen, like they've shown of it so far on like the Xbox stages and stuff, definitely looking forward to that because first first person shooters are like my favorite kind of game. I yeah, like that's typically the kind of game I play, and that what we've seen from that game so far looks really really good. Um. Yeah, but yeah, I'm definitely excited to see what this like new early stage project is, and I'm also really excited to see what the next installment is in like the Alan Wake Control thing. Um, uh-huh. I really want it to be Control Two. I know it's not gonna be, but we'll we'll see for story reasons or just no, just because I really want another Control game. Because um, uh. where. Where Control left off, I don't necessarily know if you could do a sequel. You know, you could do a sequel from that. That's 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 all. That's okay. all I'll say. But because you haven't played it yet, but um, but yeah, yeah. No, you could do a sequel from from the end of Control. Sure. Uh, but yeah. I mean, I mean, like you said, Remedy is just a very interesting game developer. None of their none of their games are really like somewhat similar to one another. Mm-hmm. They always kind of dive new. Yeah, they may be like third-person yeah. shooters or third-person action-adventure games at their heart, but like the concepts that they go through and explore and everything from a gameplay perspective and story perspective is always different and in- interesting and really intriguing. So yeah, yeah, I'm looking forward to what they got. Uh, yeah, I mean, if if I was to if I was to try and describe the the story of Control, I'd be just be like. I don't know, just a good acid trip, maybe? <laughs> just, I can't explain it. Just go play it. Yeah. Go play, you'll understand. 
Yeah, no, like, genuinely, I, like, I was trying to convince one of my Twitch friends to play this game, and then she was like, what's it about? And I'm like, stuff. Here's the baseline premise. You're a woman, go to this building called the Bureau of Control, and you, you end up with a gun that can change, and there's a temple, there's a thing in there, a pyramid that's all yep. weird, and the building changes. It's it's a lot. You gotta play it to understand. Yeah. But yeah, that'll wrap up all these new in-development projects coming from all these different devs here because uh, we already talked about the coalition. We bumped that up with the Xbox stuff. So yeah, a lot of stuff, a lot of exciting stuff coming from across the gaming industry. Really looking forward to it. And I wonder, you know, hopefully we can hear about some of these more in a, a real official capacity sometime pretty soon. All right, our final story for this week is going to be about Steam games possibly coming to console of all places this is actually possible this may be the most the thing i'm most intrigued and interested in in this entire news run now we got today uh so reading this vgc article uh by tom ivan says here uh valve co-founder and ceo gabe newell has hinted at plans to bring steam games to console Newell, who has been living and working in New Zealand since early 2020, teased the possibility on Tuesday during a visit to Sancta Maria College, where he was a guest speaker for digital studies students. Uh, so he was asked, will Steam be putting any games on consoles or will it just stay on PC? And then he said, quote, you will get a better idea of that by the end of this year, he replied, before adding, and it won't be the answer you expect, end quote what do you make of this? Because I actually have no idea what this could mean. What do you think this means, Karen? Um, or what could this even mean? Best case scenario, I I think that Valve decides to put out one of their upcoming games on console to test the waters. I don't think this means that like you're going to be able to like run Steam through your console. I don't think that's going to happen. Um... Although, yeah, I mean, apparently the answer is not going to be something I expect. So hey, maybe it could. But um, uh -huh. I, I mean, they they say it here in the article somewhere. I've I've had a I had a quick read. Um, that Half Life Alex could come with PlayStation VR. I mean, that, I I think that's a fairly obvious contender. That's, like, yeah, that's what I've been thinking because you know, um, I feel like everyone's been thinking that since. Alex got it revealed and like came out and was a, I guess you could say a great critical success. I don't know about commercial success, but it was a critical hit for sure. Yeah. And people have been wondering like, man, like, can this come to console? Can this come to PSVR? Maybe not current PSVR, but once the new PSVR was announced, like, ooh, yeah. maybe we could get it then. Maybe that's how we could get Alex on console. So that's been my first guess. You know, you talked about him. Um, them putting out new games to test the waters. I think if they're going to put out anything to test the waters, it would be Alex on PSVR too. Yeah, yeah, no, that that would be the way to, to that would test the waters in terms of P. That would that would do a number of different things. That would give a give PSVR two a game like a killer app. Yep. Because yes, yeah, Sony would have their own first party PSVR games, but. Half-Life Alex has been the game that people have been saying, you need to, this game, it, it has to be a VR game. Yeah. And it's a game you need to play to like fully understand why it's so good. 
and it's been a killer app for PC VR ever since its um, release. Putting that on console where a lot of people play would be a reason for people to buy PSVR yep, 2. 100%. Because the PC VR that you need to play, Alex, it's expensive. It's crazy expensive. So that would be incentive for that. And then it would also be a way for Valve to see, okay, how do people come, how do people feel about PSVR and are playing our games on PSVR? And then just again, testing the waters of putting out a game on PlayStation, period. Yep. Well, modern day PlayStation. Orange Box was on PS3 back in the day, but modern yeah. PlayStation. Um, one thing that does have me very, very interested is the last uh, kind of paragraph in this document. Uh, or this article that says, quote, a confidential Epic document included in its ongoing legal battle with Apple, which was reportedly briefly uploaded to the case's public server and shared on Rest Era, claimed Xbox boss Phil Spencer was meeting Newell at Valve occasionally, end quote. That's very interesting, if true. Uh, mm-hmm. the, what, the first thing that comes to mind is... Um, up here it says you'll get a better idea by the end of this year, uh, Gabe replied before adding, and it won't be the answer you expect. Coupled with that last paragraph, maybe Steam comes to Game Pass. Maybe as a perk. Maybe you get, I don't know, maybe, maybe it could just be like, you know, a Steam gift card. Or maybe it could be... <laughs> Or maybe it could be. Um, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That would that that would be bad. Oh yeah, 100%. that would suck. I'm sorry. It's like, hey, Game Pass users, here's a twenty dollar gift card for Steam. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Or could be what I said that I didn't think would happen earlier is that you start getting Steam integration with Xbox Game Pass, so that you can play Counter Strike or the Half-Life games or other Valve games that I definitely know of. Um, yeah. As part of a Game Pass subscription? Maybe, maybe as part of a Game Pass subscription, maybe as maybe maybe that's another tier in Game pa- in their Game Pass model. You have Game Pass Ubisoft, Game Pass Square Enix, and Game Pass Steam. Like, who knows? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, hmm, that'd be interesting. I I feel like I don't know if that would happen. I'm not saying it's impossible. I, also I don't know don't if that, that would happen. happen. Yeah, I think that I think that there might be a bit too many hoops to go through with yeah. that one. Just because of how big Steam is, and Steam is more than just Valve. I yeah. I don't know. I think there might be a bit too many hoops to go through on that one. I don't, don't know about that. I think I think maybe I don't I don't know. I think that we'll see maybe we'll see like some of their back like some of their older games come to console. Just come to yeah, console that they are on right now. Cuz I mean, as far as I know, the only Valve games that have been on console are the Left 4 Dead games and then Orange Box. Am I wrong or am I right? I think you're right. And then Portal 2. Portal 2, I forgot, Portal 2 was not on the orange box. Uh, but I think those are the Half-Life only... Half-Life 2 Valve was games. on... Oh, you well, yeah, that's the orange box, never mind. That was in the orange yeah. box. Half-Life 2. Well, so yeah, orange box as a whole, Portal 2, and then both Left 4 Dead games. If I'm correct, those are the only Valve games that have come to console, right? I think right? you're right. 
and that was only PS3 360. Yep. And are any of those games backwards compatible with Xbox One? I think all of them are. Okay, cool. Um, I think, don't quote me on that because I don't know, but I'm fairly sure. Right, so then I could see them maybe saying, here is mod- here's modern day versions of all those games. We've up-resed, redone stuff, whatever it may, whatever the case may be. Brought them all back, putting them out there again for modern day. So, you know, 4K graphics, yep. HDR, yep. so on and so forth. I can see them. I can see that being the start of it. So maybe they just do one of those. Maybe they do all of them. Maybe they just do one. I don't think that they would do Left 4 Dead 1 and 2 because that's Turtle Rock who developed it and Turtle Rock is doing Back for Blood right yeah. now. And that might just be like bad blood right there in general. Yeah. That, that might be bad blood and then Turtle Rock will really be Back for Blood with them. <laughs> I was hoping you would catch what I did. I'm I'm uh, on it today with this stuff. I'm on it right now. Um, but yeah, I could see them maybe doing Orange Box first. Yeah. Modern day Orange Box, bring it to console, up res and all like that. Um, and then slowly we get maybe Counter-Strike on console. Then we get Half-Life Alex or Half-Life Alex at the same time. You yeah. know, it's like announced for PSVR too. But I don't... It's him saying what, and not in the way that you think. Like what? What does that? Even, what does that mean? It's it's so confusing. This man, Gabe Newell, he's so confusing and cryptic, and I love it and I hate it at the same time because I just want to know what you mean, sir. Yeah, I mean, Gabe. Gabe has always been very, um, like, what's the word? I'm mysterious. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, put it that way. Um, so it, it's it. I have no no idea what you can mean by that. Um, one thing that I would like to point out uh, about this whole like Valve games coming to console is if you think PlayStation fans are bad when their games go to PC, I am not <laughs> looking forward to the reaction of PC Master Race people when. Or if Valve games come to console. Oh my god. Well, how were they when the orange box happened? Because, I mean, granted, I did not know back then really about PC Master Race stuff and all like that. Yeah, so I don't know how they were then. Um, But, I mean, I'm sure things have not gotten better in recent years since then. Because, I mean, we just see the existence of the Epic Game Store and then games exclusive there. They're like, I don't want another launcher on my computer. I understand it's like there's a bit more nuance to it than yeah. that. Like, you know, Epic Game Store necessarily is not as good as Steam, but I mean, come on, it's just another launcher yeah. for you to play the game on. It's not that big a deal in my eyes. Um, but yeah, no, I imagine that all the, the Steam and Valve fans would lose it. Yeah, well, because put it this way, like, PlayStation people hate Xbox people. Xbox people hate PlayStation people. Nintendo people kind of keep to themselves. PC <laughs> PC people hate everyone who isn't on PC. Like yeah, yeah. I am. I am definitely not looking forward to that side of if that if this happens. Yeah, that's. I didn't even think about that. That's not gonna be pretty. Mm-mm. That's not gonna be pretty. Everyone's gonna be fighting amongst each other. Nintendo's gonna be in the corner in the fetal position. It's like, help us, please, yep. help us. And Stadia fan 
it's just going to be sitting there like the ostrich and family gone. Well, I'm here. Ha look, look at all of you fighting amongst yourselves. <laughs> no one's fighting over here because I'm the only one here. There's no one to fight with. Yep. But yeah, interesting stuff here. Um, I wonder when, I know he says by the end of this year, I wonder when we start to see stuff about this come out. Maybe an Xbox like, Z3 presentation. I mean, it's very possible. It's very possible that it could happen. We'll find out next month. Yep. Wait and see, as yeah. always. All right, now we're going to get into what we've been playing this week. Um, you started last. Do you want to start this week, or do you want me to start this week? Uh, you start. Okay. So um, I, I really only played one game this week, but I'll talk about Returnal a bit more this week because I didn't talk about it too much last mm. week. Um, since I didn't want to get too in-depth because of the review and all. But the review is out there now. So I will say again, Returnal is an amazing game. This game is so much fun. Um, like I was saying last week when I did the review, the game, it the the, the story was so intriguing. Um, it was like the, the whole mystery behind everything was just like, so like, I want to know more. Yeah. I want to find these glyphs and like learn the translations that the, from all the cipher from all the um from all the glyphs and then like go to the actual like giant stone that has each glyph all around the world and then learn like get the full translation of what it is because once you beat the game once you roll credits if you've been exploring a lot you will have come across a whole lot of the translations like a whole lot of the words necessary to have a full translation so when you read the actual completed translation after beating the game, I'm being vague here for a reason. Mm. It kind of actually paints the story and the world of the game in a different light. Where it's like, oh, wait a second. Does this, does this mean this now? And once I realized that, I'm like, ooh, I definitely want to like go back <laughs> through the whole game and like actually try and find the rest of the full translations so I can read all the glyphs and have the whole story and like the backstory of everything be put into true perspective. It's really intriguing and really cool. Um, and then there's also, again, like you see in the review that I show, like the different holograms that are there that like kind of form up in different spots in the world. And like each of the holograms, they like, they have a, uh, like a, I guess, I don't, it's not a diorama, but like an image of like just something that happened back in the day yeah. on the, on the post that like just presents you a, a glimpse into how things played out in the world and all of that was just so cool it was so freaking cool and when you first come across them you're only able to see what's there in front of you but after you like once you get more um some of the p extra pieces like body upgrades that you get that are permanent upgrades for your um outfit that lets you traverse to different spots in the world once you get those you're actually able to to uncover yet another piece of the hologram puzzle for like that not the hologram puzzle but another hologram yeah. in that specific room um so going back and again coming across one of those is like okay this paints another picture for everything here another piece of the picture um so all that's cool and then again the gameplay in that well let me before i get into the gameplay uh again with the world like it just looks so cool it looks so freaking cool and just creepy and foreboding and ominous and just 
like I said, it gave me heavy alien and Lovecraft vibes. Mm -hmm. And I was all for it. I was all for it. Especially, I think my favorite, well, one of my favorite designs was, I made sure to highlight it in the review, was the, the giant body thingy that had just like the one eye. Yeah. Uh, and when you see it, whenever you see it, it's always like, the eye actually is a searchlight. Mm. So when you're going on the stairs or wherever, if you get caught in the searchlight, if you stay in the searchlight too long, it turns red. And then the eye will shoot stuff at you. That only happened to me once by accident because I was like in the eye for a bit too long, but I was running and I saw the stuff come at me afterwards. I was like, oh, shoot. But like, their design, I was just like, oh, this is so creepy. It is weird, but I mm. love it. And then like in the second biome, uh, you have like these octopus squid looking type creatures. Like their head is square, but like they have all these tentacles coming off their bodies and all like that. It's so cool. So weird, but I loved it. Um, the combat in that game, like I said in the review, it's addictive, it's exciting, it's exhilarating. It's difficult, it's tough at times because enemies can, there could be fights where you have a lot of enemies coming at you, manageable amount, but like a whole lot where you're just, yeah. you're just like, all right, I'm on the run for right now. I was like on the run trying to just take them out bit by bit. And sometimes it could only be one enemy, but that one enemy will just like lunge at you and just jump mm -hmm. at you from across like the room that you're in and you're in a contained room. Um, so like those mini boss fights can be really tough. Um, even if you have good stuff, like I would have good stuff sometimes going against them, but like they're just tough enemies. You got to like make the best of a situation you're in and all. Uh, and I think that's part of what, like I said, part of the challenge of what made that game so fun was like making the best of what you had. And I think that's something that's inherent to a roguelike game. I typically don't play roguelike games because like I said um, in my review, they're, they're punishing and they're random and i'm not really a fan of that type of stuff but uh i like really liked it in returnal and i was like i see the appeal now i get the appeal and it was just so much fun um especially like if when you're in a fight you have some good stuff and then every three kills you raise up an adrenaline level and when you get like a new adrenaline level that gives you like and it might be like enhanced um reload speed enhanced melee yeah. speed enhanced vision so you can see enemies through walls um so on and so forth and it tops out at an adrenaline level five if you get hit though you, it resets back to one i mean back to zero no matter where you yeah. are so like it, it, it that incentivizes you to like literally try not to get hit when you're fighting all these enemies and all and then once you have it to not get hurt period because like anything getting hurt from anything will reset your um Will reset your adrenaline level so like if you're running and then you get hit by like and you run as um like lava in the level yeah well that's damage you took you take any damage it goes down so like it really just made me stay on my toes to try to keep it up the best i could um but yeah that game it's so much fun and the boss fights in that game are just they are crazy they get intense mm. the screen is just covered covered and just bullets and just particles <laughs> and projectiles coming at you like you kind of see it in the review uh but those are just like i only showed two of the bosses in the review and no i i showed a bit of one of the bosses from the fourth biome i didn't show a lot because that boss i think is my favorite partially because of the song that's playing in the background um that's but all the boss fights in that game they're a lot of fun um 
although challenging as well. The second boss uh, from the from the desert biome is the only one that I died on. Mm. I didn't die on any of the others, but that was, I came very close to dying on them sometimes because they can be very tough. The third biome boss, I almost died on. And I was like, no, I'm not dying here. I'm not dying and then having to go all the way back to the first biome because it's been a struggle to get here. It's been a journey. But um, no, yeah, that game was amazing. Um, I heavily incentivize and encourage anybody who is interested in the game to go play it. If you have moderate interest, but you're not sure, go check out my review of the game. It it I feel I would like to think that the review does a good job of showing off the game and explaining why it's such a great game. It's so much fun. Um yeah, that's all I gotta say about Returnal. Uh do you have any do you have anything you want to ask me about Returnal before I move on to my second game? Um I don't think so. I I, I think watching your review I I think I I kind of know everything you you thought about the game, but also I really just wanted to hear you talk about the next game that you're going to talk about. <laughs> so the next game I played, I only played an hour of this game, so I'll say that much. A little bit over an hour, because I've had to wait for time to save mm. and all like that. Um, but I started Resident Evil 7 the other day. On Thursday it was when I started it. And let me say this much. I've only played an hour and change. But two things are very apparent to me. One, this game is creepy. This game is real freaking creepy. And I can only imagine how much creepier it's going to get as this game goes on. Um, yeah, like, whew, this is an experience already. I mean, I haven't been to the point where I'm like, let me let me stop. I don't want to <laughs> go that way. Um, I've, you know, just, I've been moving. I haven't stopped or anything. The first hour of the game, though, if you... Some of it is stuff that has already been seen before. Some of it is not. Um, it's it's interesting. It's kind of hard to talk about. It's not hard to talk about. Um, but like, there's a part when the game was first revealed um, at E3 where we see uh, kind of like camera footage of these, like, these, like a recording of these guys going through the house and yeah. all like that. That happens in the beginning of the game. So like, that's not new no. stuff. It's it's weird, but the game is definitely creepy. It's definitely moody. Um the Baker house is gonna be a it's gonna be a trippy house. Not trippy, but um, it's gonna be very difficult, I guess you could say, to make me to get me to go through that house. Cause yeah, yeah, it's an experience. Let me tell you that much. Um the point I stopped at is right after I meet the family. Mm. Um, so like woke up in the chair, throwing food at my face. Yeah, I, was, I don't want to call it food. Throwing just nasty stuff at my face. Yeah, I was going to say, was that, wasn't your other dinner table? Yes. That's, that's like the hour mark right yeah. there. Um, at least at the pace I'm playing at. And I've, I saved it there. I stopped there at that point in the game. Um, so yeah, it's, it's fun. The second takeaway I have from this game Ethan is, he's weird, okay? Um, because without spoiling anything, crazy stuff happens in the first hour of this game, and he just takes it like a champ, as if, like, he's used to this. I think I know exactly. Like, like, I, I don't know exactly what you're talking about because I haven't played Seven, but I think I know exactly what you're talking about in terms of, like, Ethan. Yeah, like, 
again, not spoiling it because I know you want to play seven. Um, Unfortunately, but yeah. like, like stuff happens at the very beginning of this game where you would think he would have a very different reaction, but he's just like, "Oh man, okay, <laughs> I guess that's what we're doing yeah. then." And it's just like, "Sir, this just happened to you. That is not the reaction you should have right now. I I would expect your reaction to be very different." From what it is, but you're just kind of taking this like a champ, as if this is your first rodeo through things. When this is your first rodeo through things, I don't understand. Like the way he was reacting is how I would expect him to react in Resident Evil Eight, not in his first yeah. game in the series. This is the first time any of this has happened to you. You'll understand when you play. Like if you had played, I would I would totally say what happened at the in the first hour of this game. Um, I will say part of it involves Mia. Okay. I will say that much because she is the reason that he ends yeah. up going to this house. The you know the basic set, premise of yeah, Saturday, yeah. Right? They they had a little like, intro video at the start of it you could watch to catch you up. Yeah. So like he gets a notice, he gets like a letter or something from Mia saying, "Hey, come to this house, yeah. find me. This is where I am." Um. So that's why he goes to the house to go find her, and she is. You do come across her at the very beginning of the game and all like that, um. But just the stuff happens yeah. and i was actually because like i actually seen footage of some of this stuff but i didn't realize that it was at the beginning of the game i thought it was near the end of the game when it happened i just misremembered everything but i was just like dude you are taking this in stride <laughs> and i'm meanwhile i'm sitting here like what the heck why why is this happening <laughs> i'm more in shock than you are and you should be very shocked and, and concerned and surprised by everything going on right now but yeah I did enjoy playing it. Um, I would have played some more last night, but I fell asleep on my bed for two hours <laughs> before in the middle and welcome to the middle of the night. I was like, nope, not happening. <laughs> uh, and I just didn't have time to do it today before we recorded. So I think I will play some. I'm never going to play some more as the week goes on. Maybe I'll beat it before next week before we record again. It depends on how much I'm able to play and how much I am able to like, how quickly I get through it. Because I know it's about the same length as RE8. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we'll see where I am come next week when we record. But that's what I played this week. Um, expect me to talk about Persona Five, Strikers, and Resident Evil Seven next week, for sure. Yeah. Um, speaking of Resident Evil Eight, uh, I finished Village. Um, I talk to the people. I <laughs> so when we recorded last week, I'd played four and a half hours, and I was like, yeah, I'll probably have this done by like Monday, and then I finished it like. <laughs> Uh, that same night yeah, my my completion time was eight hours 38 so to me about four more hours of playing um yeah it was funny you were we recorded the episode and you're like yeah then you said i'll probably finish it by monday night and then that same night i'm in my kitchen i think i was like about to make dinner mm -hmm. or something or like about to clean up in the kitchen and then you sent me a message saying yeah i just finished village my completion time was like eight eight, eight hours some odd i was like wow okay so uh what you said was rendered invalid yep. earlier yeah 100 um i'm like you did last week i'm not gonna get too much into it because i am currently writing my review for village which will be up soon um soon yes don't <laughs> want to put a, a specific day on it in case i don't meet that but i'm i'm hoping for wednesday i'll put it i'll put it like that um yes i really enjoyed it uh that's okay 
that's kind of all I that's kind of all I want to say because everything that I really have to say about it, about it I kind of want to save for my review just because there okay. are there there are things about that game I like there are things about the game I didn't like um but if it it's it's very very quickly turning me into a Resident Evil fan or, or uh, at this point I would say tur- turned me into a Resident Evil fan I I I definitely Okay. Plan on going back and playing the previous games. I think I mentioned that last week. Um, okay. But yeah, Village, definitely recommend it. I, I'm excited for you to finish 7 and then play Village at some point. Um, yeah. I actually... I got spoiled on some on the ending of Village. Um, I, I don't know all the details of the ending. Yeah. I got spoiled on a very specific detail from the end of the game. Mm. Um, because of a YouTube thumbnail, um, I'm not going to say what this detail was. All I will say is back at home. You know what I mean by that. You should know what I mean by this. Yes. This thumbnail showed something that happened when you're back at home. Mm-hmm. And I scrolled, I went also on my sub list and I'm scrolling and I forgot that this channel I follow, they play new games, they do walkthroughs. But their thumbnails are always an image from that part in the game that they're on. So I kind of didn't think to myself, oh, let me be careful. And I'm just scrolling and I'm just like, oh, yeah, they're playing. And I saw that thumbnail and I read the title. I was like, all right, well, (laughs) that's a surprise that's ruined for me now. I don't know any other context, but I know that Mm -hmm. that happens. Dude, that sucks. So, yeah. Yeah, and I know it's a big deal too. I know that's mm-hmm. a big deal. Yeah. So yeah, that's a thing. Yeah. Um, Carry on. <laughs> so yeah, I'll. Yeah, I'll I'll move on to my next game. Finish Village. Very much enjoyed it. If you like horror games, if you like Resident Evil, blah blah blah, go play that game. It's real good. Um, a game I bought that was on sale this week that kind of tied me over between, uh, Village and the last game I'm going to talk about was Ghost Runner, which is a... Have you seen this game before? I know of it. I have not played it. Uh, cyberpunk-esque type of first-person Mirror's Edge Samurai. Yeah, yeah, like, like really, really fast-paced, fast-paced parkour, like, hack-and-slash game, I would say. Because, like, Katana. Mm-hmm. Um, one observation I've made so far is this game is definitely not built for console. It's... Mm. it's not bad it's just very apparent that the people who make this game didn't intend for it to come to console because the control scheme for console is ridiculous it is it is lb to jump which i have never (laughs) seen in any video game ever it's lb to jump LT to like focus well, and slow down time and like strafe. So what were you gonna say? I was gonna say I'm trying to remember if Mirror's Edge was like that. If the jump button on Mirror's Edge was like left bumper or right bumper, I don't believe. I'm pretty sure it, it was, was X, but I could be wrong. I, I mean, it could be. I very well could yeah. be wrong. It's been a very long time since I played Mirror's Same. Edge. Yeah. Um. So yeah, LB is jump. RB. Um. I forget what RB does actually. 
And then R RT is attack. Sorry, left trigger is you like hook onto like um like grapple points. You have like a like yeah. a whip wire thing. Um another thing I'll say, this is one of the this is one of, if not the hardest game I've ever played. Like oh you <laughs> you get shot once, you die. You fall off the map, you die. You miss a like you miss like a hook point, you die. I I finished one level. I can't remember specifically what level it was, but I finished one level in 28 minutes and died 368 times. <laughs> like, it's ridiculously hard. It also doesn't help that the enemies in this game seem to have the best AI tracking of every other video game ever combined. Like, like to, wow. to the point where, like, so the entire game is like, keep running or you will die, which is very true. Yeah. If you stop running, like, so say you're wall running, right? And you jump off to try and like take down a guy. The second you jump off, like the, like the millisecond you jump off the wall, the guard is shooting at where you've jumped off. Like it is, mm. it is ridiculous how, how hard the AI in this game is, but also how well engineered is because they are very very good at tracking where you are um there have been a couple of points that i've been like this is definitely unfair and badly designed like the like points where like it's it should have taken me like maybe three or four tries to do and I, it's taking me like 20 because it, it's just not mm -hmm. it's not very well I don't want to say not very well thought out, but it's it's not the best design it could be, put it that way, um, in terms of, uh -huh. like, you having to go around a corner, but then there's an enemy immediately here, so every time you go around the corner, he shoots you, unless you can react like that going around the corner. Um, which, like, uh -huh. is, is a big premise of what this game is. It's, like, being, like, incredibly fast-paced. But at the same time, like I say, th there have been points where I've been like, that doesn't seem... I, I don't understand how, like, even the most skilled people at this game can do that without dying, like, 12 or 13 times. Um, yeah. Excuse me. So, like, I'm... I'm a portion of the way through the game, I think. I think maybe, like, three quarters, something like that. I, I'm on... I'm on, like, what I would say is, like, the first, like, big boss of this game. And yeah, I haven't been able to, like, I've done that boss fight, like, probably, like, 60 or 70 times at this point. I haven't damaged Eesh. her yet. Like, because, so basically... Wow. So she is also, um, she is also, like, a, she's, like, a copy of a ghost runner. Um, and yeah. she, like, has a sword. And she has like a shield before you can actually get to her her actual health and the way you break down her shield is you have to like time exactly right so when she's swinging for you you swing for her and it like parries or like like hits the attack and that's how you get her shield down and you have to do that like five or six times to get her shield down but the attacks are coming at you so fast and so like you have to time it perfectly that it's yeah. incredibly challenging to try and get the shield all the way down. Which, uh. like, again, f to me, feels like a part that is poorly engineered because it's almost 
impossible to get her shield down. It's yeah. Again, that that's probably just be me being very bad at video games, but <laughs> it's it's very very hard. I'm gonna continue playing it, not right now because I have another game that I'm playing through right now that I need to get through, um, which yeah. uh, I'll talk about here in a second. But yeah, very very challenging game. It's fun, like it's it's one of those games. Punishing though, it's one of those games where like it's challenging, but it, it's also the thing where it's like oh. Like I I I know I can I know I can get that one thing if I just do it like this and then like trying to figure out the best yeah. way to do it like that. It's it is yeah. fun. I'm enjoying the story. I'm enjoying the premise of the game. It's just very very challenging. I see. Well, Ghost Runner Two was announced this week. Come to PS Five as well. Didn't know that. Yep, they that got announced this week. Uh, PC, PS Five. I imagine um Xbox as well. I didn't read like the full yeah. announcement, but I saw that it happened. I, I I hope so. Like, I'm enjoying the game. It's very challenging. I'm gonna continue playing it. That's that's basically my like TLDR version of of my like playthrough so far of of Ghost Run. I think I've only played it for maybe like I think I played it for maybe like six or seven hours. Um, nice. Yeah, and then the last game on my list uh, is. Uh-huh. Uh, the Mass Effect Legendary Edition. I've um There you go. I I've dabbled very lightly in Mass Effect before. I think I've played all three games for a combined total of maybe like seven hours. Um like I've wow. I've, I've, I've I didn't finish them because I, I played them at the point of well, yeah, at the point of like my gaming career, I guess you could say. That like I would start a game, then like a, a new game would come out. I'd be like, "Ooh, shiny!" and I'd go and play that, and never go back to the original game. Um, I was just, I, yeah. I just thought I also wasn't the biggest fan of them when I originally played. Uh, when I originally played them, um, just wasn't yeah. my kind of thing. But my gaming taste has changed since then, um, which I've definitely uh, noticed playing Mass Effect One because I'm actually really enjoying it so far. Um, okay, I think I've played maybe seven or eight hours of Mass Effect One. Um, Okay. Most of which has been side missions because I'm trying to get as many achievements going through this as I can so I don't have to go back and do like second playthroughs. Um, yeah. <laughs> because uh, this game, this like, well, the Legendary Edition has like 200 hours of video game to get through. So. Yeah. That's yeah. A lot. <laughs> um, so yeah, most, most of the uh, stuff I've been doing is side missions because one of the achievements is like complete the majority of the game where you have to, com- I think they give you like, you can miss five side missions and that's it. Otherwise you don't get the achievement. So, I um, see. so yeah, I'm really enjoying Mass Effect 1 so far. I, I reckon it'll probably be a, a while maybe before I go into Mass Effect 2. Um, do you think you'll go into 2 right after you finish 1 or do you think you'll like put a bit of a break between the two of no, them? No, I'm, I'm, I'm planning on just going Mass Effect 1, 2 and 3 back to back. Um, okay. The game looks really, really good. Like I, but but mm-hmm. I, I can't re- I can't remember the original how the original Mass Effect looked because I haven't played it in years. Um, yeah. But the like on Xbox, I don't know if they had it on PlayStation. Or they did have. I imagine they did. They did have like a, a thing where you could like look at a scene from Mass Effect One before and after and use like a slider to go back and forth. And there is like a, yeah, so it- yeah, and there there is a very very noticeable improvement in the graphics. Um, oh, definitely. Load times are also, um, from what I've heard, very much improved as well. Like I've, I've, I've been playing it while also in a party with my, 
um, with my best friend and his girlfriend, and his girlfriend's favorite game or favorite game series ever is Mass Effect. Um, yeah. And from from what I've heard, the the loading times are are very much improved as well. Uh, so you're not standing in how an long, elevator. How long are you in the elevator? Hmm? How long are you in the elevator um, for? I think the elevator maybe like ten or fifteen seconds. Um, but like when you're using the Citadel fast travel like bus thing, um, yeah, I've been going from one area of a Citadel to another in about three seconds, which oh, okay. is like again from Wyford very fast. Or like even traveling from like galaxy to galaxy only takes maybe ten seconds. Nice. So nice. Yeah, like I'm. I will definitely be talking about this more. Um, yeah, you got three big games yeah, to go through, bro. Yeah, that, that's the thing. It's like I have three games to go through plus DLC for, I think, two of them. So uh, we will be... Or I will be. I will definitely be talking more about Mass Effect Generation as, as time goes on, probably for the next few weeks at least. <laughs> yeah, I definitely do plan to get this one soon. The reason I didn't get it right now is because I want to finish persona 5 before i start yeah. this and i wanted to i also want to get village as well um i think i might start village right after i finish seven gotta see yeah but i want to do mass effect soon um there's another game in my backlog i want to play near automata um which i've also been waiting to finish persona before i start is i don't want to play two jrpgs yeah, like yeah. that and like at the same time i want to have one done first um in Persona, like, I'm almost there. Like, honestly, I'm really right there close to the end of that game. Um, but Mass Effect, I do want to play. I don't know if I'll be like you and do them back to back to back. Um, but I might. It depends on how I feel after I finish the first one. Yeah. Um, I mean, the, the only like, real reason I'm doing them back to back to back is because, like, there isn't really anything else coming out soon-ish that I'm kind of interested or, like, interested in getting. Um, Fair. Like, there, there's Bio Mutant, but I, I, I'm still fifty-fifty on that game. I, I, I haven't looked super hard into it. I've seen like a couple of like gameplay snippets from it, so like I'll have to do a little bit yeah. more digging into that game before I decide. But Bio Mutant is really the only one that comes to mind. Um, I see. So yeah, I'll. I also don't know if I'm gonna review the Legend Edition just because like the games are so like. I don't want to say so old, but they're they're older games. Like it's just a remaster. There's not really much yeah. changed in it. So well, I'll I'll see how my how my thoughts on that are once I've once I'm further into the collection. Yeah. Cool. I'm looking forward to hearing more. What what you think about it? Uh, yeah, especially you know since it's been so long, you're kind of like you said you only play a little bit of the games back in the day. Yeah. So it's it's basically like you're brand new to the series. Yeah, yeah. And I, all like I have, that, essentially, I have no idea how any how any of the three games end. I've no idea of any like the major plot points in them. Like I am, I'm I'm going in this basically completely blind. Yeah, it's gonna be exciting. I'm looking forward to hearing what you think about it. Uh, and then I'm being, you know, joining you on that ride as yeah. well. I will definitely be behind you on that <laughs> ride, but I'm looking forward to joining you on it. Um, even though I know about plot points i know about how the third game ends how the second i know gen generally how the second game ends how the third game starts and one major plot storyline in the third mm -hmm. game um but yeah 
looking forward to hearing more about your thoughts on it. Uh, all right. So our question of the episode this week, um, it's one that I think goes pretty well with the fact that we got two reviews going on, one already out, one in the works. Um, so this question is, what do we look for when we write our reviews? Um, now, I mean, obviously, it's more of a peek behind the curtain over here. So like, what do we look for when we write our reviews? And what's the process that we go through when doing the review? Um, Karen, do you kind of, do you want to start off on this one? Like, what do you look for when you write your reviews? Or, I mean, I guess when we, for our reviews, this is a, a whole, as a whole yeah. for the, for the both of us. Um, do you kind of want to start on this? Do you want me to start on this one? I, I was going to say, I, I, you are far more experienced at reviewing games than I am. So I, I was going to say <laughs> you can start with this one. Cause I like, I'll, I'll have stuff to say about it. Sure. But not like as kind of like in depth as you are, I think. Yeah. So when we, when we do our reviews, we want to look for, we, we want to pay attention to a couple things, you know, obviously we're paying attention to the, to how the game looks, you know, like how it is graphically. I mean, games these days, most for, for the most part, games these days, they look great. They look good to great, you know, some games look stellar, fantastic, like The Last of yeah. Us or Final Fantasy VII, you know, or Gears Five. Like those looks absolutely amazing, gorgeous games. But for the most part, games look good. Games look great. So like if we feel like it deserves to be like the graphics of the game should be called out, we'll call them out if they look good or if they look terrible. But we probably won't, you know, if the game looks, you know, if it looks pretty good, you know, nothing noteworthy, probably won't get called out. Um, same with the audio or the music of a game. It's I feel like audio and music of games is like something that we notice when it's stand when it's really great. But if it's just if it's just, you know, just good and we won't really notice it, it's there. We realize it's there, but nothing really to call out on. Yeah. But like that's something else that we'll pay attention to if it sticks out to us. Um, you know, technical issues for a game, if there's any, you know, frame rate issues, uh, bugs, that type of stuff, you know, look for those things. But I think where most of our focus and attention really comes in comes down to play is in the story of the game. If the game has a story, you know, how well it's told. Is it a good story, period? Um, is it paced well? Does it you know does it have good payoffs do the are the characters in the story interesting are they written well those type of things with in regards to the story and all like that um and if it's a game where the story is a main focus like the story importance is weighed a bit heavier than it would be like if we were reviewing a game like a mario game yeah there's a story there the story is just window dressing for the yeah. gameplay whereas if we're talking about a game like uncharted the story is going to have way more importance and way more weight in, our, in terms of our review and what we're looking for with the game because their charter games, the story is what propels you. It's like, it's a main crux of the game. Um, so there's that. And then, you know, obviously, sorry if you hear a car alarm going off. I don't know what happened outside just now. Um, and then there's, you know, of course, the gameplay. That, I mean, of course, that's the core of what we're yeah. looking for when we're playing the game. Is it fun to play? What are the different mechanics that the game has? Are they integrated well? Do they work well with each other? 
are there mechanics that could be improved? Are there design decisions that we think are interesting or odd or just not good at all? Like things that should be done better or should be done differently or should have been in the game at all. Um, you know, like in my return review, I called out the fact that the you can't save in the game. There is no saving and quitting. Like the only way to save your progress is to die or finish a run and runs can last for hours. And like, that's an issue. That that's not something I'm really fond of. It's not an ideal thing at all for for any game period, but especially for a roguelike game where like your progress in a in a run is like really crucial and important, and the stuff you have is important to not be able to like pause hours into a run and bounce out and then come back later on and do you know if you want to do something. It's it's something that needs to be called out. So like things like that, we'll pay attention to as well when we write our reviews. Um, uh, I'm trying to think if there's anything else, you know, that like really look for. Yeah, I what, mean, what you gotta say? one of the like, I noticed that when I was like sitting down to do, to like start writing out like the like the bullet point section of my village review, the first thing I thought of was like, did I have fun playing the game? Did I enjoy the game? Because like, yeah, because yeah, like, if if that's like, whether that that's a yes or no answer. Is going to very heavily dictate on what the overall like theme of my review is going to be like if if i really hated the game and i was going to give it like a two then i feel like it it would be from the start like a very not like yeah no a, a very negative start and then just like very negative tones throughout because i rated it two i didn't enjoy it but like yeah. with something like village which like i really enjoyed I haven't written too much of, like, the actual review yet. I've just mainly done the notes. But, like, even through the notes, it's all fairly positive. So, I I think that the biggest thing for me is, I mean, with a game like Village's story, because that's, like, that's the reason the game exists and kind of the exploration as well. But, like, the, the main question I ask myself is, did I enjoy the game? Yeah. And I think it's also part of what we look for when we're doing our reviews will really kind of vary, like I said, based on the game, not just in terms of like the story of the gameplay of it, not, not just from the perspective of, okay, what is this game? But from the perspective of our relationship with that game. Yeah. So for example, if I was to, if I'm reviewing a kingdom hearts game, my review of a Kingdom Hearts game will be very different from review of a Kingdom Hearts game that Karen yeah. might do. Because Karen has no relationship with Kingdom Hearts. Kingdom Hearts is my favorite series of all time. And I've played each of the games, barring like two. Uh, but that series is near and dear to me. So for me, I'm like really paying attention to the story and the characters, the gameplay and the worlds and the design of the worlds and how it all plays out together and so on and so forth. Whereas if Karen was to review Ori 3, He's going to be looking at that yeah. like, you know, his relationship to that review would be very different from mine to it. Granted, I haven't played the first two games yet. I intend to. So like, but still, it's going to be a yeah. very different relationship as well. It will really depend on, you know, what the game is and all like that and how we feel about it. Um, and you started to get into one of the other questions, the second like sub question here, uh, the process that we go through when we do, when we do the reviews. Um, so for me, at the very least, what I what I do when I do my reviews, or at least when I'm in the lead up to my review is, you know, I play the game and since this is my first time doing video review, um, so, but record everything, <laughs> recorded everything I played. Yeah. Um, so uh, 
since I've been doing that with a persona review, I have about what 30 something hours of footage recorded. <laughs> it's like, it's a lot there. Gonna be a lot to sift through. Um, we'll record everything. And as I play, I'm, you know, like mentally think, me mentally taking notes on the things I'm liking, the things I'm not liking. And just aside from just that, just like elements of the game, like what is the combat like? How does it feel? What are, um, what is the summon was like the persona creation summoning like in this game um how are the classic persona um mechanics from like persona 5 how are they integrated in persona 5 strikers how different is this game from that game um and i'm mentally taking these notes in my head as i play and then after i stop playing like for whatever the day is or whatever i then i say okay i start like writing down things I'm different thoughts I've had as I played in my phone in my notes section. So like I'm gonna I'm pulling up the little note that I have here. So just a little peek behind the curtain here from my gameplay part I have a couple I have a lot of notes here but I have like for example play significantly different from Persona 5 slash um, Royal in many ways in more ways than just the combat. Going to this section uh, doesn't do this anymore uh this area is different so on and so forth like i have my stuff in bullet points and the thoughts are bulleted in a way where like once i have finished playing the game and i have all my thoughts in my notes section like just as bullets it's done in a way where it's generally that's the outline of my review mm. and all i have to do from there is look at what i have and then kind of put it on put it into actual um, review format into actual written review format and then the bullets aren't like the nitty-gritty details for it it's just like a baseline for me so like that one saying uh, the gameplay is different I, I'll say that in my review but then I'll you know I might add a little bit more detail to that in addition to all the other little bullet points I have in my review if that makes any sense yeah, yeah, no, hundred percent. Like I'm, I'm trying to pick out a good one from my Resident Evil one. Um, I mean, I I have one from the, like under like the technical technical aspect section. I have uh, the voice acting of was just very impressive. I was especially impressed with Maggie Robertson voicing Lady Dimitrescu, considering it was her first video game role. Like, right. yeah, like not something like super specific. Not getting into like the fine detail nitty gritty of the actual game just something that like as i was playing through i noticed i was like lady dimitrescu sorry uh i actually pronounced uh, dimitresk uh yeah uh voiced very well yeah yeah so like it doesn't it doesn't all have to necessarily be like getting into like the fine detail levels of code of the of the game but just kind of general things that I noticed while I was playing um, that I thought and like, yeah, well, that, that I thought could like lend themselves good, like well to this review. But like that being said, like not all of these bullet points I imagine are going to make it into the review. Like I'm like, this is literally just like my, my like shotgun spread of, of like stuff mm. I noticed while I was playing. And then I'll play like as I'm writing and I'm referencing these points will probably um like be like actually no you know like this one might be too similar to this point i made earlier or this one i just don't feel it needs to be there so yeah, yeah like 
and like that that'll like vary from game to game like for for this one i have like two and a bit pages of bullet points for um for village but for another game that might be shorter or i didn't enjoy as much i might only have like a page of bullet points i don't know but yeah, yeah like it, it varies from game to game you don't have to get into like the super nitty-gritty of it yeah and like you know our like after i have all my notes like i once i have finished making my notes i kind of like put a pause on it i say all right let me pause on this and i give it time a couple whether it be a couple hours or a day yeah so it's like let the notes sit and then i look back at them afterwards i read over them again and i'm like to see if there's anything that you know look at it with a fresh set of eyes you know yeah. see if there's anything that could be removed because like you said karen uh might be too similar to something else i said before or something i think you know what this doesn't need to be said or it could be said differently so on and so forth something like that and that's when I, you know i actually start writing the review and then you know i kind of work my way through it um and like i kind of I I try and start my like go do my reviews in order. So like um do the intro paragraph and then go from there, so on and so forth. Yeah. But sometimes depending on how depending on how I how the intro is coming together, if I can't do it, I'm like, all right, let me do the body and the conclusion. And I'll get to the intro last yeah. or whatever. Um but like for me, again, this will vary game to game, but like I try to do talk about the story first in my review and then the gameplay and then like the technical aspects. But I mean if certain things are able to flow and mesh into other areas they'll mesh in other areas so that's why like in my notes section for my return review i had um graphics and technical elements near at the bottom and that's where i had stuff about the dual sense and the game looking good and sounding good and all but they implemented all that earlier in the review we have to implement the dual sense aspects into the world and story and yeah. the gameplay and the audio and stuff and you know into that areas other areas as well um, it really depends on based on the game. But after I write the review, uh, which honestly could take a day, could take a few days, depends on how my brain is working with yeah. me at the time, you know, because writer's block writer's block is a thing, mm -hmm. and you know, time is also a factor as well. But once I finish the review, and I, I edit my review as I go. So like I'll write it, I'll like I'll write some, then I'll read back what I've said, and then I'll say, All right, maybe I could change this or change that or fix this so on and so forth that i keep on writing that i go back and forth back and forth just like as i'm going i keep changing things and then once i finished everything again i i finish it i read it through and i'm like all right i'm gonna sit on it then i'll let it sit on it again for another couple hours another day or whatever look at it with fresh set of eyes and then go through it again as i go through to get that new fresh set of eyes then i'm like all right see if there's anything else that i think should be changed needs to be changed and if not, then I'm like, we are good to go. This is the review. It is done. And I go from there. And I generally have a score in mind before I start writing my review. Same. Generally, I do. Um, sometimes that score can be one of two scores, and I'm just bouncing between them in my head. Um, and the note section kind of helps me decide on one. But sometimes... I'll have a score in mind and then I'll write the review out and then I'm like, hmm, maybe it's actually this instead. And then I just kind of battle between what I want it to be. And our review score system, it's, we said 20 points. Yeah. So like 1.1, 1 1.5, 2, 2.5, all the way up to 10. Um, and generally we kind of 
have in mind the, the IGN wording that they use with their reviews. So like eight, great, nine, amazing, 10 masterpiece, seven, good. Like that kind of be like associated with each of the numbers that we yeah. have in our review scale as well. Um, for those who may, you know, just be curious, hey, what is, what's your scale? Is it one, two, three, four, five, seven, nine, ten? 10, you know, 10 point scale, 20 point scale, 20 point scale. thousand point scale, like. let's go. Dear God, no, I would never be able to do that. <laughs> I don't even know how I'll make that work. Um, but yeah, it's not a 100 point scale with like 9.9, 8.8, 6.4, none of that. Yeah, I, it's just I, 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 0.5s and 0.0s. Yeah, I can I can just imagine one of us like J. Joe Jameson in, uh, in Spider-Man like, I want your review to four decimal places. Dear, I would never ask that of anyone. But yeah, that's generally our review process. Yeah. Um, that's how I kind of, that's how, that's how we do ours as a collective. But of course, the way that we actually write our reviews and the way that we have our voice come across them will, of course, be different. Like, because obviously we're two very different writers. Even if we do help each other, like, you know, with edits in our reviews, if we want the help or if we ask for the help, you know, we, edits will help us like just kind of fine tune and hone what it is that we want to say and all like that. Um, and then the video reviews, like, you know, the way that like, of course, the there'll be like con some consistency across all our video yeah. reviews, you know, in terms of, like what kind of clip we use, like what kind of like opening and trend ending like stuff that we use, but like the the general body of how it's edited in terms of like how we flow it together or what type of editing, you know, fun fun the fun ways we edit clips in together and all like that, like that'll all be based on, you know each of our individual personalities yeah. and all like that. So like my return on review, the way I did it and structured it may not be the same way that Karen structures his Resident Evil review. Again, aside from, you know, like the review outro, you know, part there yeah. and the little intro transition. Aside from that, you know, it'll be structured differently. Yeah, uh, my, my review of Resident Evil is just going to be like intro screen. The game's good, outro screen. <laughs> his face appears review. right there in front of the camera his face appears just right in front of the camera game good <laughs> <laughs> but yeah that's a little peek you got any um anything else you want to add on to this um i don't think so just uh just uh, uh you all should look out for my resident evil review coming soon with all that being said though that will conclude this episode of the play to win podcast remember you can find us over on twitter and instagram at play to win game follow us over there uh submit questions for questions of the episode over there uh you know chat with us over there we we like conversations we're not gonna bite or anything like that uh subscribe to us here on youtube if you are watching the show here and if you're not watching the show here why aren't you watching the show here we you get to see fun faces funny stuff you know it's it's a good time um, but still, even if you aren't subscribed to us over here, subscribe to us over here because in addition to the podcast, we also do our other videos that come out every Friday. Like, again, Kieran's one he did this past Friday about how to preload games on your Xbox. We also do other commentaries where like, you know, but the first one that we did, I talked about my opinions on the Dying Light 2 devs um, recent developer update that they put out. We'll do previews of games, like the Knockout City preview. We'll do reviews of games. We got the Return of Review that just came out. We got the Resident Evil Village review coming up. We do we do videos. We do some cool stuff. Um, and in the case of these two reviews, 
they're not they didn't come out on Fridays because we wanted to get them out quickly. So like my review, I was like, all right, I don't want to wait until my from Friday came up to put it up. So we just put it out the middle of the week. But Karen still got his thing. You know, we do a lot of stuff over here on YouTube. So subscribe to us over here. Like the videos, share the videos, comment on the stuff, share the love. And remember to subscribe on podcast services, uh, leave reviews, rate, comment, share, all of that yep. stuff. Kieran, where can people find you? Find me on uh, Twitch, Instagram, and Twitter at BadlyNet, B-A-D-L-Y-N-E-T, all one word. I very rarely post on Instagram or uh, YouTube or Twitter. I rarely stream on Twitch, but uh, campaign for Micro Center still goes wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I I see it is, and you know what I when I was out with my friend yesterday, we were um we were over in this area, and she had mentioned that there was a micro center <laughs> in the area. I was like, wait, what? So we, I said, I gotta find it so I can take a picture and send it to you. <laughs> um, but we didn't find it. So, but the it's over there. We just we were walking, and like she thought it was in one direction, but it wasn't. So I was like, ah, right, you know, that's what it is. I'll see yeah. when I see it. But when I do see it best believe i'm sending you a picture like look what i'm in front of <laughs> look what i am in front of it can go inside of karen i'll send you the middle finger emoji back uh i i it'll be with love I yeah 100 <laughs> um so yeah follow him over there <laughs> and all those places and spaces yeah. and you can follow me on twitter at tyler miller 2496 i tweet about fun stuff i like fun stuff retweet funny stuff so it's a fun time over there on my twitter Give me a follow, chat with me, talk with me, talk with both of us, be, you know, well with the conversations. With all of that being said, thank you for watching and listening to episode nine of the Play to Win podcast. Hope you enjoyed it. Thank you very much for listening. See you all next time. Have a good one. See you later.